Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh! doing great yeah it's a beautiful day outside what are you doing inside go 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 yeah. play with your toys but bring your laptop or mobile device with you so you can still listen or watch yeah Wolf Den podcast absolutely welcome everybody to the wolf Den podcast how you all doing hope you're having a good day i am doing good will how are you I'm doing not doing too bad myself. Um, I think uh, before we get into the show, I would like to address something real quick. Oh, what's the problem? No, it's not a problem. It's just it's so a few weeks ago on this show, some of you may have noticed I was wearing a shirt uh, with this logo on. Oh, it. I'll be right back. You continue. Yes. Okay. So here here's the thing. Yes, uh, for those of you who don't know, I was wearing a shirt. Uh, with this logo on it, this is Alate or Alate One, as its full name is. This is a soda that is primarily sold; it's only sold in the state of Kentucky. Uh, my wife has family in Kentucky, so I've been there. I've had it; it is delicious, um, and that's why I try to rep it every chance I get. Uh, f- are your headphones back in? My headphones are back in. Cheers, Will. All right, cheers. Hold on. Dink. I can't so, make a dink sound. There we go. Here's the thing. Here's where the story gets interesting, though. So, how do we have this if this is only a Kentucky drink? Well, I got I got messaged on Twitter not too long ago. Ooh. I didn't catch their I didn't get their I didn't catch their name, but it is whoever runs the Georgetown College track and field and cross country Twitter account. <laughs> what? I just realized this now. What? I didn't get their name, but it's the Georgetown College of Georgetown, Kentucky. It's their official cross-country and track and field account. Messaged me and sent us a a 12-pack of L8 for us to have. Well, uh, thank you, Georgetown Track. So that means we're officially sponsored by the Georgetown Track and Field. Yes. Uh, Not only team. that, and I didn't I didn't tell you this. Because I want to keep this for myself. This person not only sent us L8, they sent a koozie. Okay. For the bottle. And a, and one of these. And a, and a water bottle. Oh, you already you are already using it. <laughs> yes, I'm already prepped to use it. Will's all L8 uh, out. You know, L8 didn't sponsor us, right? They this no, guy, this person no, just clear, sent us L8 yes, stuff. This, this Kentucky hero, I must say, <laughs> sent us all this stuff. And I'm very appreciative of it. Um, you didn't have to do that. You did not. But thank you so much, whoever runs the Georgetown College Track and Fields <laughs> and Cross Country Twitter account. We really do appreciate it. I've had LA. If you before, want to send us any well, other local sodas, check out our P.O. box. <laughs> uh, this, and who knows how long this has been sitting in the P.O. box. 
Uh, well, actually, no, that was a recent thing. We had yeah, stuff. It was, a very, it was like last week. Yeah. We're doing an unboxing after the stream. We had stuff sit in the P.O. box forever. Um, yeah. I have had an L8 before, and I was still surprised at how it tastes. Yeah, because it's not something that you have ever, because we're not from Kentucky, so we don't have it all the time. Um, but if you've never had it before, it's like a it's like a nice mix of Sprite and ginger ale. That's what that's how okay. That's how you define it's it. Fantastic. I, I was giving some to Sam. I was letting Sam have some and I was trying to describe it. And I was like, it's like a mix between Sprite and then I just froze. I was like, and I yeah. don't know, something else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like ginger ale but citrusy. Yeah. It's very good. Very good. If you don't live in Kentucky, they do sell it at your local Cracker Barrel, or you can order it online. They do ship uh, within the United States. Again, not a sponsor. Gotta, not gotta a sponsor. get that out of the way. Very good, No, though. yeah. Not sponsored. Just a, just a kind person running the Georgetown College track and field and cross-country <laughs> Twitter account sending us sending us some good soda. Um. Anyway, Will, I, I'm also being told, I just learned this the minute we went live, mm-hmm. it's National Cold Brew Day. Not yeah, a thing. I'm seeing... Not a thing. <laughs> That's like Hallmark just deciding Valentine's Day exists. Yeah. You know? That's just no, cold I know. brew companies being like, today's the day, everybody. We're going to we're gonna mm-hmm. take over Weed Day. It's Weed Day. It That's is Weed Day. I, I forgot about Taco that. Bell for lunch. That's the same as, as yeah. smoking a, a doobie. Yeah. Uh... GCXC Luke in the chat is our benefactor of the L8. I do not have a personal Twitter, so I had to use oh, my I work one. <laughs> He's around all the time. Thank you, GC. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's weed day. There were a lot of people. I was just outside. There was a million people outside. And I didn't realize it yeah. until just this moment why there was a million people outside. It's because it's weed day. And also, weed is yeah. legal now in New York. Yep. I didn't see anybody smoking weed, though. Maybe they're not used to being able to do it out in the open. Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're they're so still closeted you know, it, about it. It takes a while to get acclimated to doing things in public. Right, right. Anyway, listen, I'll, I'm going to be real with all you. I'm going to be real. Be Nothing real. happened in the last week. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a kind of a boring week. The, 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 t- the top story we have is Nintendo announced a whole bunch of indie games last Wednesday that we're going to go yep. through and tell you which ones are good, which ones are not, uh, or that we think look good or don't look good. We don't know which ones are good or not because most of them aren't out yet. Right. Um, uh, and I'm going to be real with you again. I wasn't that jazzed about that indie world. I think it wasn't that great. There were some interesting ones. There were some, a lot of it was like, I'm never going to play this. Uh, yeah. There were two Analysis that kind of bothered me, but we'll get to why they bothered me in the chat. It was more had to it more had to do with how they were announced. And before we do that, we're gonna mm-hmm. say thank you very much to Pokeshox who gave us three months, three months on podcast day. Thank you, Pokeshox. Thank you. Uh Razzle Jazzled with the seven months. Thank you so much. Master of Sean's, thank you for the prime. <laughs> uh Cisco Yeeted, thank you for the eight months appreciate all yous yeah uh, of course if you are supporting us here on twitch you can link it to your discord account and get into our special supporter only discord channel look it looks like this oh this little thing this little oh, where is it this little thing gets unlocked wow 
wow, and you click there, and you might get some videos a few hours early if I finish them early, which is most of the time. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, last week's Indie World Showcase. You said you wrote them down. What did you write down? I wrote down the order they were announced. Beautiful. The You're show. so great, Will. Uh, this Nintendo Life article that we have is completely out of whack. They always do that. I, I, so. lo I, love, I love Nintendo Life because they make yeah. our lives easier. Uh, yeah, no. But, and they, you know, good content. Also, the article's formatted so well. The only problem with it is that it's out of order. And you know what? Yeah. For most people, that's probably better. If I was a consumer yeah. of content, I would want the important stuff at the top. Mm -hmm. But as a freebooter, <laughs> I want the the I want it in order. Yeah. Anyway, uh what is what's the first well story will as luck as luck would have it, the first game that was announced uh is the first game in this Nintendo World article. It's Road ninety six. Oh. I forgot about this game. Yes. Uh, so, so here, wait, here's what happened right. last week. The 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 indie world was on Wednesday. It was at noon. Yeah, it was at noon. I think it was at noon. Yeah, too early for me. So <laughs> what I did was I I think I was up like super late the night before. Uh, yeah. And I, I instead of setting an alarm, what I did was I left my MacBook open on the indie world showcase page on YouTube, like the premiere. Mm -hmm. And I just left my speakers up and I woke up to like the little, little indie world drum beat. So I watched <laughs> the whole indie world through my like, like glazed over eyes. Yeah. Uh, that might be why I didn't like it that much. Anyway, this was the first game that they showed and I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, in a narrative focused game with a mix of adventure, exploration and puzzle solving, Road 96 tells a procedural story with thousands of potential paths to take. Meet characters from all walks of life and learn their intertwining stories. The decisions you make, both big and small, can drastically alter your experience. There are many roads. Which one will you take? Road 96 drives onto the Nintendo Switch later this year. Are they throwing money at a car to, to like, thwart it? Yes. There was a part in the trailer where they're throwing oh. money at a car to yeah. try to get it off their tail. Yeah, it's this, it's this weird, like, road movie-style game where, like, every scenario has, like, a thousand uh, different outcomes. Mm -hmm. It's it's really... I mean, it's re really interesting. I just don't know if they'll be able to pull it off with the amount of stuff they're saying that this game can do. Yeah. Oh, you know? whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. What was that, what was that stat? Uh, road 96... 180 148,268 routes. Yeah. That or or I guess possible paths you can take in in the story yeah. of this game. Um I'm not huge into narrative driven uh games. Games that focus solely on narrative. Yeah. You're you dabble a little bit in that. Yeah, I, I dabble in it, and I would, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to trying a game like this, but I feel like that number is high. This has to be a short game. Yeah, like it has Fi to be a Firewatch was short. Yeah, it has to be like Firewatch short. Yeah. Firewatch, I didn't like it. 
Yeah, I remember you saying it. Wasn't big into it. it. Everybody was making a big deal out of it. It was a beautiful game. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't get sucked into that. Um, but this is like an example. I just think it's not my, not my kind of thing. Yeah. But also I don't like in Firewatch freaking, uh, there's a part where, uh, like, uh, uh, you have to, you have, there's two paths. You know, a lot of things is about the paths you take in Firewatch. Yeah. There's a part where it's like, do you want to burn this place down or do you want to leave it alone? And I said, leave it alone. And then it burns anyway. So I was like, was that, <laughs> why did I make the choice then? Yeah. It's just, a, it's just, a, it, it, you're giving me, it doesn't ca- It doesn't count. Yeah. I, I hate when narrative driven games throw that at you. It's the veil of, of uh, control over the, over the, story. the illusion of choice. That's, that's the, the, the floral words I was looking for. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah so this game looks interesting it still doesn't look like my type of my type of deal right uh what's what's i'll I'll keep an eye on it the next game was uh aerial knights never yield all right this game kind of looks cool so this was the this was the game i was playing before sorry sorry there's a this has a demo and I was playing demo. this demo before the show started. And it is pretty cool. It's it's this like weird like parkour platformer endless runner type game. All the control you're endlessly running, obviously, mm-hmm. and all your controls are mapped to the D-pad. So right. you get like a, a medium jump, a high jump, a dash, and a and a slide. And you have to press the right button at the right time in order to get over an obstacle or go under an obstacle. Um the the button presses are color coded, uh, so you know what to do just by looking at what the obstacle is. Uh, it's got a really cool art style. It's got a great soundtrack so far, from what I've heard. Um, yeah, I would say keep an eye on this one because this one was this one was pretty fun. This is the soundtrack play right now. Um, yeah, I'm gonna stop it because I don't want to get sued. Oh, we will totally get demonetized. It, it, it looks to me like. It probably plays like Ali Ali. Not too dissimilar, but um, this this is definitely more in the vein of like an endless runner type game. Right. Um, it looks kind of cool. But this is this is not your typical runner game. Run, jump, slide, and dash through a futuristic Tokyo style Detroit to a head bop and soundtrack that's the protagonist Wally to save what's left of the future. Aerial Knights a Never Yield slides onto Nintendo Switch May 19th. A demo is available on demo. the Nintendo eShop right now. Demo means but in Japanese. Like <laughs> like at no like and then. Never mind. Yeah. Uh where's the demo? Demo, download demo. Yeah. Thank you. Your demo is on its way. That's all it took. I'll uh, I'll drop the link in the chat if you guys want to try yeah. the demo out. Yeah, definitely check it out. I think I think it's gonna be a good game, like a really good game when it's all said and done. I'll try it out. Maybe I'll try it out at the end of the stream if you remind me, and there if I'm go. not completely exhausted. <laughs> all right, what's next? Next is uh, Last Stop and Hindsight, both from Annapurna Interactive. Uh, I don't know who that is. They're like a like a indie movie studio, and they do indie games on the side. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I'd like to so, retire uh, into that life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to retire from my job into another just as demanding job. <laughs> um, last stop from developer vari variable state is a single player third person adventure set in modern day London, where you play as three separate characters whose worlds collide in the midst of a supernatural crisis. What connects these, these three strangers? What connects these three strangers? Where will their fate lead them? Find out when last stop launches on Nintendo switch in July. you you devolved into an old Italian person for a second. That's that's <laughs> my future. I don't remember this game. I must have blacked out or fall, drifted back to sleep when this <laughs> game was. They were talking about this game. It, looks it might very, have like pretty though. Oh, you you're looking at the hindsight trailer though. Oh, this is the wrong game. Yeah, oh, that's hindsight. Last stop. Last is, stop is uh, right below. I do remember last stop hindsight uh from developer joel mcdonald is a poignant narrative game about an older woman reminiscing about her family the objects from her past serve as portals into long lost memories revealing a decision that forever changed her life learn more when hindsight launches on the nintendo switch later this year so they are both kind of narrative situations yeah kind of narrative uh you know especially hindsight's more of like the weirder artsy fartsy esoteric one of uh, last stop is more traditional narrative you know how does the story progress type deal right uh so again this is this is why i was kind of mad on the whole indie world that we had because uh right a lot of these types of games bob doesn't care unless there's a platformer you know yeah he, he knows what he likes <laughs> he knows what he likes uh what's next Ali Ali World. All right. Speaking of speaking of me not being jazzed about this indie world, this looks sick. Yeah. A bold new entry in the Ali Ali series is here. In Ali Ali World, tear up the streets of Radland and search mm -hmm. for the mystical skate gods in this slick action platformer. With super tight controls and a level design that flows with your combos, you'll have a blast mastering tricks, meeting colorful characters, and discovering the hidden secrets of this vivid and vibrant world. Ali Ali World launches from the Nintendo Switch this winter. Uh, I loved Ali Ali 2 on my Vita. Yes. Uh, I think so... I played both of Ali Ali 1 and 2. This looks very different. Not just in terms of art style, but in terms of like the way the level's laid out. It does. It, it... looks like a, a not like a big departure, obviously, but like definitely they're going in a different way route than what the previous two games were trying to they, do. They added ad adventure game elements it looks like. It looks like yeah. there's multiple paths and routes and there's depth to the levels. Uh, it looks like a like a fleshed out world. God, that's yeah. why it's called Ali Ali World. That looks really yeah. cool. Uh, I love I loved Ali Ali 2. Uh, it, it, it's a very simple game. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, it, this is why it reminds me of like an endless runner type thing. Um, you have some control over your speed and stuff. Yeah. Um but it's it looks sick. I hope it's not too expensive. Do we have a price? I don't think so. Uh Nintendo says nothing. Winter. Yeah. That's all you get. Roll 7 makes uh good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So this was like 
probably my favorite thing that was announced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's another really cool thing that we already knew about, uh, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Yes. What's next? Uh, the, the next game in the list is The Longing. Okay, so this looks weird. This is like a like a like an almost Tim Burton-y like uh, like weird yeah. looking game. Uh, with a beautiful hand drawn art style and an intriguing story, the longing is unlike anything you have played before. The big twist: you don't have to actually play to see how it ends, but that doesn't mean you should just sit idly by. As the main character Shade, you must wait four hundred days for your king to awaken. While waiting, you can explore dark caves, complete time-based puzzles, and collect items. Um, and this game will come out... This game launched already, so it's available on the Switch. I can't, what if I buy it and just wait a year? I know. That's the thing about this game, because it's 400 days in real time. Yeah. I'd imagine that there's puzzles and stuff that will knock the time down, maybe? I don't... I know. I don't think there is. I think all the puzzles and stuff you do is to try to learn more about the backstory of this world that you're in. Okay. Like you're buried like deep underground. You're part of a secret, like an ancient society, and you're the last survivor, and you're waiting for the king to arrive. So everything you do is to try to, you know, a pass the time and b, you know, learn more about your environment. I I like the concept. Like I'm down for that. I think that's pretty yeah. cool that it's like real time uh time. However, it's another narrative driven game, Will. <laughs> like, come on, I don't want to read. Yeah. You're gonna make me read? I play as games soon as to you relax, not to learn. Uh as per the Nintendo eShop page, as soon as you start, the game inevitably counts down the four hundred days, even when you stop playing and exit the game. Yeah, I it wanna... is now up to you to decide how you, uh, what you do with your solitary existence beneath the soil. I'm gonna buy it and just and not play it, just pick it up in 400 days. <laughs> well, you have to at least like boot it up once. The king's gonna and then pick pissed it up. at me. Yeah, there probably is a secret ending for like if you do that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Read tons of classic literature from Nietzsche to Moby Dick right in the game. In. Or just have them... Yeah, apparently, that's according to... According to the eShop page. That'll take you 400 days to get through. Yeah. So they, they've loaded a bunch of public domain books in there for you to read. <laughs> that's but, actually pretty cool. Wait, Nucker says, plot twist, after the 400 days, the actual game gets released. Imagine it turns into a completely... It's like, a, it's like an action platformer all of a sudden. Yeah. You play as the king. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Quez Kotal says Nietzsche isn't complicated at all. You're so cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed it was long. I don't know anything about Nietzsche other than he's like some like highbrow shit. Yeah, I I know what he is, but of course my plebeian brain can't think of it right now. Um. You expect me to read, guys? Come on. Yeah. I'm a gamer. <laughs> uh, what's next? There is no game. Wrong direction. Okay. 
Despite its title, yeah. this is really a game. <laughs> there is no game. Wrong Dimension is a point-and-click comedy adventure filled with riddles and puzzles. If you're looking for something different and experimental that's full of surprises, look no further. Uh, this game is already is available right now. I, I, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I yeah, I don't remember. This is like a WarioWare type situation. I think so, but also no. <laughs> I'm I'm incredibly confused. I don't know. Yeah, there is no game. Is quite good. It's a point and click puzzle. Chad is saying. Okay. Yeah, it looks like a WarioWare type thing. Oh, wait. I forgot. Is There Is No Game a different game? Is this like a sequel? I don't... No, I think this is it. I don't know. I don't know if this is a series. Well, here's Markiplier play this in 2015. Okay. Uh, I remember... Th I... There was yes. like an indie direct not too long ago where one of the games featured was basically a web browser. Yes, that's what this is. Yes. And I played the demo for that, and that game is weird. This this is so that were also reminded me of a different game. Yeah. That it that is in a similar vein. Uh, I don't know, but this game apparently came out in 2015 and this must be like a like a like a newer version of that game yeah. or, or like or like a like a, a lot of added content or something i don't know yeah um cool i don't know looks cool next next is uh is there a demo for this actually i want to i want to see if there's a demo for this uh i don't think so nope it's available now 13 dollars Alright. I think maybe the original got expanded or something. That's what it kind of looks Probably. like. Probably. Yeah. Usually they say stuff like that, though. That's why it's hard to tell if it's like a sequel or not. Yeah. Something funny happened. Okay. All right. Take your time, Will. Uh, no, I thought no, I thought you were looking for the demo. No, it's, it, there's right, there so is no demo. There's no demo. There is no okay. demo for there is no game. Okay, so we're on to the next game on the list. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Okay. Will. With a blend of retro and modern visuals, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge finds the four favorite turtles kicking some serious shell in classic arcade-style beat-em-up action. Up to four players can play locally or online in this bodacious game developed by Tribute Games and published by, by .emu, who also published Streets of Rage 4 and Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap. Uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge launches on Nintendo Switch later this year. Uh... That's bodacious, Will. It's radical. We, this is awesome. This is the yeah. best game on this yeah. Indie World Direct. Hands we, down. We knew about it already, though. I know. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Well, in fairness, this is the only console it's been confirmed for. True. When they announced it, they just said console and PC. And that was it. True. Um, this will 
probably go to everything. Yeah, for I, being I, honest. I However, my like between my friends, like we all have different systems, but we all have switches. Oh, there you go. So this will be we will all be getting this on our switch i have one friend who does not play video games but he's a huge ninja turtles fan i think i can finally convince him to get a switch uh i love i there's a lot about this that i like i mean the the oh, yeah. the, the art style is great the animation is great the the fact that they all have different run speeds is awesome yeah it gives them a lot more character and it makes it a lot more of like a like a it gives you a lot more to think about when you're picking your character yeah um, makes Michelangelo useful. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he might have been the because I'm trying because the previous games, like they tried, like Leo was always the most well-rounded. Donnie had the best reach. Raph was the strongest. I think Mikey was just the fastest. Did did Raph but... actually? Was he actually stronger? Like, did he do more damage to enemies? I think so. I don't know about that. M Michelangelo, I don't think he was faster. I think all he did was he could fly. He could like hover for like two seconds well, if he did. That was in, those were in the PS2 games. He could fly. Oh, he couldn't do that in the arcade? Not in the arcade. Not oh, in the well, arcade game. freaking useless. Yeah. He had the worst reach. So it's like he was yeah. just he was just the, the kooky one that every kid liked. Including yeah. me. I liked him because I, <laughs> I was a kooky kid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but well, this game looks to be like balancing all of that. Right. So, that'll, right. That'll be good. And it's good that there'll be online play because usually indie games can't swing that. <laughs> yeah. Who's developing this? Dot uh, EMU and Tribute Games. Oh, so it's it is like for real indie. Yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah, I'm sure you know some Nickelodeon money here and there isn't gonna yeah. isn't gonna hurt. <laughs> That's really cool. I'm glad that they. Uh... I'm glad that they decided to do like a like a like a smaller indie style game instead of like trying to, you know, 3D yeah. it or something. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be great if we got somebody like a like a Warner Brother games to to do something like this or Rocksteady or something. I yeah, but I well maybe it's just because the Ninja Turtles license over the past few years, like since Nickelodeon took over, uh was over at Activision. Ouch. And yeah, it's, that's all I really need to say. <laughs> it it like for the Ninja Turtles, you either got to go all in or very tiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Next, next is uh Chris Tales. All right. So this game actually looks sick. I, I had this in I put this in one of my videos. Uh, I think for like games coming out this year. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not my type of game. Again, no. Because it's it's an RPG, it's a JRPG, or or it's or it's a inspired by JRPGs, um, but the animation is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, drawing inspiration from classic and modern JRPGs, Chris Tales uh, incorporates time travel into its storyline and combat with a variety of uh, surprise effects, like making enemies younger and thus easier to defeat. While exploring th this handcrafted dark fairy tale world, you'll recruit a diverse cast of allies and discover new realms. Chris Tales lands on the Nintendo Switch July 20th. Yeah, see how, like, I mean, the, the, the animation and what looked like the cutscenes was beautiful, but even the freaking world 
the animation and it is is sick and the yeah. art style is amazing so th- th- this looks really freaking cool uh i don't know if i'll ever play it but uh if yeah. you're into jrpgs uh this is something to look wait, out wait. for go back go back on that trailer how far back not that far like the the end title card play the demo uh, now yeah that's so there is a demo for this i did not know that there you go all right so play the demo check it out should if i freaking download the demo why not bob you're gonna be streaming demos tonight <laughs> i don't want to i'm downloading it thank you your okay. demo is on its way all right how much is the game though oh it doesn't say i think there is a price just not on this on the eShop. right uh does steam have a price no i think they had a price they had a price somewhere when i look- last looked this up I don't know. Next. All right. Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon. Uh, this is published by Konami. Yes. This is apparently a remake of a 1987 game. What? That was exclusively released in Japan for the Famicom. Okay, we gotta look at the freaking Famicom game then. I've never heard of Getsu Fumaden before. Getsu, per Wikipedia, Getsu Fumaden is a side-scrolling action-adventure game for the family computer by Konami, released in 1987 and available exclusively in Japan. It has been referenced in many subsequent Konami titles throughout the years. The game is structurally similar to Castlevania II Simon's Quest, Goonies 2, and the original NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Structurally rogue... similar? Yes. Okay. A Roguevania remake called Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon is scheduled for Steam via early access in May and for the Nintendo Switch in 2022. You shoot out Ka. That's what's happening. Every time he, every time he hits, it's Ka. It's yeah. attacking somebody. Uh, now, this new game, showcasing a stylized Japanese aesthetic, Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon delivers a dynamic hack and slash roguelite experience uh, filled with perilous dungeons, fierce boss battles, and intense skill based combat. Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon launches on the Nintendo Switch next year. This is friggin' beautiful. Yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know how I feel about, uh, like, uh, I mean, would you call this an action platformer? Uh, a little bit more hack and slashy. So I don't know how I feel about uh, like the real time like hit points when you're like attacking mm-hmm. an enemy in like a like an action platformer style game. Uh, I kind of I played this one game. I I forgot the name of it. It was it, Indie Creates had it at their booth, and it was freaking awesome. And it had a uh, online multiplayer. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was like, this would be sick to play with people. Uh, and that was really cool. It was fun. It kind of had similar combat to this. Um, so maybe I would like it. Uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Uh, this is yeah. a beautiful game. I'm most interested in the fact that Konami... Konami's making games it. again. I know. 
uh, uh, is it really an indie game though? If it's published by Konami, uh, Gudu. What even is it? I think it's developed by Gudu Gudu. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I I have no idea. <laughs> Let, let's let's double check the actual uh, Nintendo eShop page. Okay. Um. No developer listed. Just says publisher Konami. Well, all right then. Is this does it say it on the? No, it's Steam. What about Konami's page? Oh, I doubt it. Oh, I am in the Americas. Oh my God. Okay, I was born in nineteen twenty-five. Nope. Okay, we're not doing this. Kick me out. <laughs> I was too old. Uh. Anyway. All right. Next is Aztec Forgotten Gods. Looking for uh, it? Yeah, I'm looking for Oh, this game looked really cool. This was uh, yes. this was another This uh, this is this is uh another one of my favorite new announcements. If you're looking for a grand adventure inspired by Aztec mythology, look no further than Aztec Forgotten Gods from Mexican studio uh, Linzo. Gain powerful upgrades, traverse different areas within a, within an advanced Mesoamerican metropolis, and encounter all sorts of characters to uncover ancient secrets. Uh, Aztec Forgotten Gods soars on the Nintendo Switch this autumn. Yeah, this looks really cool. Uh, yeah, I don't really very good. know what's happening though. <laughs> it's 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 like a. It, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a it's like a three D action game. Yeah. Um. Reminds me of, uh, I mean, I always say this, but whenever there's a 3D action game, I'm like, reminds me of the old like GameCube days. It's because there's never any 3D <laughs> like like. Uh, there are no 3D platformers anymore. Yeah. Everything's a first-person shooter or an open-world sandbox with crafting and stealth elements. Right. So yeah, this looks pretty sick. It looks like you're mostly yeah. like, it looks like there's a big uh, focus on boss fights and stuff, which I'm I'm, yeah. I'm down for that as long as they're you know well designed and fun yeah it looks really cool i, I like i like the, the art style yeah. and everything uh i'm down for this how much how many ducats <laughs> probably won't tell you can't find the switch page nintendo what's za new zealand no uh doesn't say all right i guess it's going on the pc too because i forget it came up on everything but nintendo i mean everything's coming to pc true it's just how indie games roll all right well we'll find out in autumn yes next uh skull a hero the hero slayer all right so this looks this is another cool looking one yes because uh, it's it's finally uh 2D platformer. <laughs> Take on an entire army to rescue your king in this 2D fast action roguelite. The best part? To progress in the game, you'll need to swap abilities 
which can be done by swapping heads. With 90 playable characters variations, each with their own special abilities, you might think you're out of you might think you're out of your skull in real life. Skull the Hero Slayer launches on Nintendo Switch this summer. Um again, another uh 2D game uh or 2D action game that has like hit points and stuff. Yeah. But the well, art style this is very pretty and yeah. uh and it looks it looks really cool. This is um this is another game that we talked about that has rogue elements to it. So like it's procedurally generated and ah. things like that. And this is says rogue light. So I don't know what that means necessarily. I'm not. See, I, I got a lot. I got a lot of. I got a lot of quirks in gaming. Well, the, the problem, like so many games now, especially like indie games, are going for like that roguelike or rogue light style. And I'm still not exactly sure, like, what that entails. I think it's, like, procedurally generated. There's, uh, it's not permadeath, but if you die, like, you have to, like, go through the world and find your equipment and stuff. Yes. It's, it's uh, I think, roguelike games, are, it implies procedural generation. And, and yeah. yeah, if you die, you start over. Yeah, um, J.P. Harrington, roguelite, you gain points that make you stronger even if you die, but you lose power-ups. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm not too big in the roguelike genre because uh, yeah. it's too repetitive for me. I've played roguelikes, and they're great. Like, uh, like uh, uh, Dead Cells is great. Um, Solo and Cave Blazers is great. Uh, I've never played Spelunky, but I've I've always wanted to. I've I've heard Spelunky is very good, uh, so I'm not opposed to it. It's just uh, I can't play them for that long because uh, it's it. I don't like playing the same beginning yeah. part over and over and over again. You know, which is which is mm-hmm. a, a complete contrast to our how we grew up in gaming because <laughs> yes. we used to play the same beginning levels over and over and over again. Yes, um, uh, Mario Maker is kind of roguelite uh no kind of because like if you think about it every level is different yeah but every time you, you play it's a different thing yeah okay i'll allow it see see here's the thing like and it's pre- roguelikes are procedurally generated but you still feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again in, in the yeah. very beginning because i guess you have no equipment or something i don't know it, like the game changes as you play it and you get brought back to square one and it's frustrating um for some reason that you know what it is it's probably the environment like like the way the level looks mm-hmm. in the very beginning that probably mentally makes me mad <laughs> that i have to play <laughs> through that same environment again uh it's probably just a me thing Per Wikipedia, a roguelike is a subgenre of role-playing games categorized by a dungeon crawl through procedurally generated levels, turn-based gameplay, grid-based movement, and permadeath of the player character. Okay, turn-based is not a... I feel like turn-based and grid-based are like, kind of got thrown out the window. Maybe that's what makes it a roguelite. Because they, they, well, no, they take out parts what, of it. What makes it a rogue light is that, yeah, is that, you know, there's no permit. It's just the procedurally generated part. Right. But a lot of, like, games that say they're rogue-like 
are not turn based and don't have grid based movement. Right. Right. You're right. So I think it's just it's really just procedurally generated and permadeath. That's the opposite of the definition of RPGs, because everything's an RPG, if you go by the yeah. definition of RPG. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, nothing's a roguelike if you go by the definition of roguelike. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, next. So next, we get into a group of games that were part of like that montage. Oh, my favorite. So you, do you just want me to like speed through them? Yeah. Or do you want to like... All right. Just fire through them. Uh, Art of Rally, uh, available summer 2021. Kiwi, available August uh, 2021. Labyrinth City, Pierre and the Maze Detective, spring 2021. Weaving Tides, May 2021. House of the Dead remake later <laughs> this year. Uh, Ender Lilies, Quietest of the Nights, June 21st. Wait, let's talk about These... House of the Dead for a second. because Yeah, okay. I, ha- all right. House of the this Dead. This is one of those games that bugged me. <laughs> yeah, so here's here's my hot take on House of the Dead. It was never a good game. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a good arcade game because yeah. it was a, it was a really popular light gun game and it was great playing in the arcade. It was a fun time, the hardware was cool. It was it was a fu- it was a fun game in the arcade. It's it's not a well-designed game it's not like uh you know it's it's just fun because it has a light gun this trailer is using a a freaking thumbstick to shoot everything and it's definitely not a game that ever needed to be remade because it's only it's only uh, like claim to fame now is how broken it was how funny it was i'm willing to give this game a benefit of doubt because it is touting itself as a remake um, so maybe they figured out a way to make it work on a console. You know, it's not a light gun game anymore. It's still a rail shooter, but they found ways to make it work on console. They Why? revamped it so it's less jank and there's more to do. Because arcade games are notoriously short. There's no way, Will, because they're using the thumbstick to aim. You have a Joy-Con. Why Which can't has, we use that? I'm sure there'll be an option to use that. Oh, there better be because it's very clearly they're using the thumbstick. Look at that thing. Look at the way that thing's scrolling around. Right. There's right. no way they're using the jo- the, the that motion probably controls. wasn't switch footage. <laughs> In the My Nintendo, is... visual and sound is under development and may differ from final product. Yeah. Then don't then don't put this in the trailer. You made a bad trailer. Also, another thing, House of the Dead, notorious for the terrible acting. Have you seen yeah. this trailer? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this part. Churian! I must compliment you. I didn't think you could make it this far. However, this is it. Let's see how good you really are. Now I don't know if they for like that like it's hard to tell if they embraced the bad acting or not. It seems like they did, I, but like they, if, I feel like they didn't go all in on the bad acting. They, they should have got I full feel like room. They did, but in a different way. You know, if if they definitely got actors who who know how to read lines. 
Yeah. Rather than just getting the programmer to do everything. <laughs> um, so they got an experienced actor. How much experience they have is up for debate. But they they got it. It's like they got an experienced actor and said, this is House of the Dead. You know what to do. Right. I, my I think, thing is. Yes. Here's here's my thing. House of the Dead has name brand recognition. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what House of the Dead is. You know, people like House of the Dead. People love House of the Dead. Why was this shoved in the, oh, by the way, here's all this other stuff montage at the end? Well, House of the Dead has name brand recognition, which is the only reason why this game exists. (laughs) This, This game did not ever need a remake. And that's why it was shoved at the end because they know. But I feel that this like this is a half-assed. Uh, this is. But a I feel like, like this is an opportunity grab. to be like House of the Dead is coming back, and you know, look at all the cool stuff we're gonna do with it. That's why it needed to like have its own, you know, space to breathe. You know, not just thrown in the middle of a montage. I had to Google what the logo looks like because look at it. Look like look at all that space. Apparently yeah. that's that's one of the logos. <laughs> this has no space. This has oh, that's the remake one. Uh, yeah. This has a lot of space. So I they they're they're going for um, authenticity here. I I, I yes. commend them for that. What's interesting is House of the Dead famously is a Sega franchise, but I don't think Sega is involved in this. Right. You see, Megapixel Studio. Forever Entertainment and this other logo I don't know. This is now like the third or fourth Sega franchise has been revived that they don't technically have anything to do with. They didn't make Streets of Rage 4. They didn't make Shenmue 3. Uh, they don't really do anything with the Wonder Boy series. That's .emu making that. Getting scared for, for Sega. There's a joke on Twitter that all Sega does is make Sonic and Yakuza games, but I think there's validity to that and arcade games apparently they're making a pokemon arcade game that i just yes. saw it on nintendo life yeah uh their japanese twitter account is weird it's like a dude yeah. just tweeting his lunch it's very <laughs> bizarre uh they made panzer dragoon also that's what we're talking about <laughs> yeah it's the type of stuff we're talking about um so yeah i don't know i don't know about this one I, I mean, look, it. our our chances very low that it's going to be good. Yes, of course, chances are low it's going to be good. But I feel like there was a missed opportunity to not get the word out better for House of the Dead remake. They could have made this a was great like, House of the Dead game is what they could have done. Yeah. Because the, the name recognition is there. Put a little more money into or, or I'm sorry, a little more effort into it. Yeah. I, I don't want things to be misconstrued. I was very harsh on House of the Dead. I loved House of the Dead, but again, it was a it was a tech thing. It's it's not yeah. the game is not like 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 some great masterpiece. <laughs> um, and Time Crisis is better anyway. <laughs> uh, so after uh, Ender Lily is Quietus of the Night, June twenty first, Beasts of Marvela Marvela Island, uh, this June, and last of the montage, Fez available now that's a weird one now i had always thought fez was available on switch 
Yeah, apparently Fez, not. <laughs> when did Fez come out? 2013? Something like that. Yeah. I've played this on like so many different systems. <laughs> uh, a great game. Yeah, very good game. Uh, f- we were supposed to get a sequel, but then the developer, Phil Fish, got into a Twitter fight and canceled the game. Yeah, I talked about this on stream the other day. Uh, so it yeah. came out April 2012. Is when yes. it originally came out. Again, great game. It's also part of uh, Indie Game the Movie, which uh, which was like yes. a great thing. It yeah. also made Phil Fish look like a jackass. <laughs> so like when the, <laughs> what like this it was a weird time in gaming. Like uh there was a lot of vitriol being spewed in the gaming community around like 20 yeah. the 2013 era. Um, and, uh, Phil Fish, uh, who developed and created Fez, uh, was very vocal on Twitter and was lashing, uh, talking back to everybody who was talking, who was talking smack to him. Uh, and then he went a little nuts and, and something happened. I, I think the official story on his Wikipedia, uh, is that, uh, some journalist, uh, said some something to him and then he just he's tweeted that's it fez 2 is canceled forget it and then he what hat deleted his twitter he got into a back and forth with somebody over uh what was it microsoft hat because he had complained how microsoft used to have a policy if you wanted to patch your game the first patch is free the next patch is like insanely expensive like you have to pay microsoft like ten thousand dollars to patch the game after one patch so he said, I can I cannot afford to patch Fez anymore, even though there's a bug that really needed patching. So Microsoft rescinded that policy. A journalist asked, like, made a big stink about like, oh, what's Phil Fish's stance on this now? And Phil Fish was like, I just heard about the news. Can you give me a minute to figure it out? And they got into an argument over Twitter. And then finally he said, Fez 2 is canceled. I'm done. I take the money and I run. This is as much as I can stomach. This isn't the result of any one thing, but the end of a long, bloody campaign. You win. I'm trying to find the official because I read this on stream the other day. There was like the it was like a Polygon article that uh, that was like Fez two canceled because he got into a fight and then it like it like listed the yeah. whole thing that happened. Um, he also did recently, even though he quit gaming, he recently did the boot animations for the Analog Super NT. Yes, and is, the Mega SG. Is he the guy who does the product photography for a Bidu? I heard. I that don't somewhere. think so. I heard somewhere that he's the guy. He does these pictures. The developer of Fez. This is what I heard somewhere. I don't know. I, do, I, I have no proof of that. Uh, is this it? Fuck. God bless you. Oh my god. Why? Where? This is it. Fez 2 canceled, Phil Fish confirms. Um, So he got into a fight with uh, writer Marcus Beer. Uh, In response to Beer's comments during a recent episode of Game Trailers, Invisible Walls. During the episode, Beer touched 
on the media's recent efforts to reach out to indie developers during the Xbox One's reversal on indie self-publishing. Oh. Particularly Jonathan Blow and Fish, who decided to go bananas and bitch and moan, quote, <laughs> about Pret's questions. Jonathan Blow is the guy who did uh, Braid. Braid and the Witness, yeah. Uh, Gents, Beard said, you were the guys who did Indie Game the movie, and some of you looked relatively normal in it. One of you looked like a total toss pot in it. That would be Phil Fish. But you can't have it both ways. You're successful in your successful game designers, your indie game designers. Hurrah, good for you, you fucking hipsters. What an asshole. No, no, he Marcus Beer is kind of a jerk. Beer is a I don't you know so I remember watching Indie Game the movie and being like, Phil Fish is a jerk. And then when the whole Fez thing controversy happened, I was like, Phil Fish is a jerk. And he was like telling people to kill themselves on Twitter and stuff, which is not a good look. Probably shouldn't do that. But Marcus Beer is also a jerk. It's like a whole bunch of jerks around here. This is what I meant when I said 2013 gaming was uh, was yeah. vitriolic toss pot, if you will. <laughs> and guess what? That vitriolic toss pot spawned the wolf den in 2013 baby <laughs> uh oh and then fish responded harshly in turn later tweeting uh i fucking hate this industry for the negativity and criticism it's brought the back and forth ended with fish tweeting i'm done fez 2 is canceled goodbye <laughs> uh and then that was it and then we never got yep. a fez 2 it's been uh like eight years <laughs> eight years yeah um and that's that. Anyway, Fez is a great game. Yeah. Should give it a try. You will be able to soon. Right? When when do we when do we get Fez? Uh now. It's available now. Oh, give it a try. It's very good. Um also check out Indie Game the movie if you want. Do that. Yes. It's, it's on Netflix or was on Netflix. Do that first yeah, and then decide whether yeah. or not uh <laughs> you wanna support uh Fez. All right, and we got one more game. He was also apparently disrespectful for, to Japanese gamers. I need to know how he was disrespectful to Japanese gamers. I remember him being an asshole, but looking back <laughs> on the story, I was like, was he an asshole or was I an asshole? I think, at least in the movie, he was, it, it was, wasn't so much, I mean, he was kind of, he was very abrasive, but it was more so he put a lot of pressure on himself to get this game out. And it, like, he was very easily agitated. <laughs> He, he, I think he, I think my takeaway was that he was like being a spoiled brat, but that might yeah. have just been my takeaway at the time. Maybe, maybe I was, wasn't looking at it the right way, you know, maybe because I know that doing something like that could be incredibly stressful. Yeah. Um, but again, that was eight, nine years ago. I don't remember exactly what he said. Yeah. I think telling people to kill themselves on Twitter is very fucked up. So I don't, I don't, uh, according I don't like to, Mint T, he said, JRPGs or games suck, but I viewed it as being insensitive about how he conveyed not liking the games. I do that. I literally do that. <laughs> I literally say that I don't like JRPGs. I don't say that they suck. I call it weeb shit, but uh, yeah. I wouldn't, that's not. That's it. out of love. <laughs> that's out of love, yes. Didn't he say in the movie that if Fez didn't do so good, he'll kill himself too? Oh, I don't like that either. I don't like that kind of talk. Uh, Again, he was very stressed out at the time. Yeah. I think that was in response to, because like his business partner at the time was going to leave the project and he wasn't signing over 
the rights to Phil Fish to finish the game. I just realized I think your, that was what your Twitter at says scootish. <laughs> uh, that, is, that is not who you are. Nope. Uh, anyway, let's stop talking about Phil Fish. <laughs> no, I, yes, let's talk about the final game of the night. That wasn't it. Oh, right. There was oxen free, oxen free to oxen freer. They they legitimately did a one more thing. They uh, yeah. they pretended like they were wrapping up the show, and then they did uh they did a one more thing. Yeah. Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals is the actual title of the game. Published by MWM Interactive, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals is a supernatural narrative adventure game about a researcher who stumbles upon ghostly happenings. Five years after the events of Oxenfree, Riley returns to her hometown of Kamina to investigate mysterious radio, radio frequency signals causing curious disturbances. Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals comes to the Nintendo Switch in 2021. I think I'm confusing this the original Oxenfree with another game. So that's the thing. So I saw this whole trailer and it was very clear that I was supposed to know what this game was and I had no <laughs> idea. And then it said Oxenfree 2 and I was like, oh, I know the name Oxenfree. I don't think I've ever seen Oxenfree. Yeah. I know of it. I don't know if I've ever actually I've seen it. Yeah, it I like. know of it. I've heard good things about it. For some reason, I assumed it had an aesthetic similar to Over the Garden Wall. I don't know kind why of. I thought that. I mean, it, it kind of looks like it a little bit. Maybe. I think it's just it's just there's a lot of plant life and stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's cool. I mean, I'm happy for people who are into Oxenfree. I, don't, I, I really yeah. have nothing to base this off of. Um, it was very strange for them to have a one more thing though in a, in yeah. a, in an indie direct. Um, but I'm glad people who have oxen free. I'm happy for you. Uh, we're yeah. getting it uh, sometime in 2021. Uh, Luibic in the chat, known asshole in the chat, by the way, if you were listening to last week's <laughs> podcast, says, "I mean, I don't like weeb shit either, and I don't say that out of love. Uh, I'm allowed to say that because I'm a fucking weeb." And you'll you'll know on Thursday when my video comes out. <laughs> uh, you, I'm a, uh, you'll know on Thursday how m- much of a freaking weeb I am. Um. Anyway. Uh. I'm having a stroke. Okay. Oh, we're done. That's it. That's the whole yeah, indie direct. All yes. in all. Um, I think it was just, I, I mean, that, that it, it's hard with indie directs because yeah. you, you don't know what you're going to get all, not all, most indie games are very weird and esoteric. Yes. So like trailers don't do them any justice. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a huge swath of different genres that they could be. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, I, it's. It, it it is it like it's you, hard you have to, to go in with zero expectations yeah um there should be something for everybody in an indie direct uh because yeah. there's such a huge swath of of uh games to or genres to pull from um and to be fair i think this indie direct did have something for everybody it had like right you know the weird weeb stuff it had um you know, it had new installments of like Ali Ali, House of the Dead. Uh, Fez is a classic game that you can now play on your Switch. 
Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a big name that's sure to get anybody interested. So, yeah, I think this I think this indie direct had something for everyone. It's just you have to like remember that it's not you know a regular Nintendo <laughs> direct. You're not you can't expect you know them to announce Mario Odyssey two or you know. An, an apex legends type deal or something like that you know chris bx says it was the cheesecake factory of indies <laughs> i like that um the menu the menu is massive yeah um and it had ads in it for some reason i think i'm learning that i that i'm a picky gamer i'm a i'm a very picky yeah. gamer I'm old, dude. Okay. Like I don't have. Yeah. I I I can. I only have time to play what I like. Yeah. Um. And and I know like I'm a content creator, so I have to play like the zeitgeist. I gotta play the the cool new things, and I just fucking can't, dude. <laughs> Some <laughs> games, like I know everybody's like, oh, this is the best thing ever, and it's just I just it's just not for me, you know. Yeah, dude. I am playing games from like last year. I still have not played any game from this year. I'm playing Doom Eternal right now. So don't expect me to. It took me forever to beat the last Doom. So don't expect me to play anything new after this. I don't have anything to complain about. There's been a lot of great games for me this year that are specifically yeah. in my wheelhouse that that I, I I'm having a good time. There's a lot of Bob games out there right now. So I'm, yeah. I got nothing to complain about. Um. Anyway. All in all, any direct was fine. I'm yes. sure it was probably great for a lot of gamers, especially if you're into indie stuff. Personally, I I I think my eyes were just I was looking for 3D platform. I'm sorry, I was looking for 2D platformers. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a time when indie games were pretty much only 2D platformers or like retro yeah. style 2D platformers. Um, yeah. All Bob needs is Warzone. My friends are abandoning Warzone. Really? They, they, don't, they don't. They're not having a good time in Warzone. Oh man! It gets updated tomorrow. I and think it was like a twenty-five gig update. <laughs> dude, it was fifty last week. I had Jeez. so they they came out with a freaking new gun in Warzone that was broken as hell, and it it yeah. it was a modern warfare gun. So I had to reinstall modern warfare, and guess what? I had to do it on my PlayStation Five, and guess what? It sucks, dude. I've decided I don't like the. I'm ha I'm making a lot of enemies this podcast. I decided I don't Go like it. the PlayStation Five. I, the I, I have a much better experience on the Xbox every time. Is it specifically because of Warzone, yes. or is it like yes. other here? But here's the thing: I only ever play Call of Duty on my Call of Duty boxes on my right. Xbox and my PlayStation. Is pretty much all exclusively Call of Duty machines. Uh, I didn't have any problems with freaking uh, like like Demon Souls or or uh, Astro's Playroom. But freaking Call of Duty, man, you know what it is? It's the backwards compatibility. It's just not great on PlayStation. Yeah. It's just it's just a hot mess. Um apparently on the place on the PlayStation 4 the way they do like updates and downloads and stuff, they like they have to download like the full game and like then they delete everything but the patch or like copying things over like they don't like something something has to do with like they don't you have to basically have two copies of the game going at the same time while like you transfer things over yeah it, it's it's 
and they didn't fix that on the PS5. They're trying really hard to. I, I know that Activision or whoever Raven Software, whoever is developing it, is is yeah. trying really hard to 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 fix that. They're not trying hard enough. <laughs> they should they should have freaking yeah. should have fixed the whole game from the ground up. Here's the so yes, w- when there's an update, they basically have to copy. They basically have to you have to download the update and then they have to copy the update onto your hard drive so it's double the what size. It, yeah. Um, yeah. And then it deletes the other half or whatever. It, it, it just it just gives you a small amount on your hard drive, but the update itself yeah. is massive. Um, the biggest problem with every time they update Warzone, they they reinstate. So there's a glitch where there's this thing called the stim. It like you stick yourself with it and you gain your health back. Right. There's a glitch where if you can just go into the gas, you know how Battle Royals is the gas. There's yeah. a glitch where you can go into the gas and just stick yourself forever, and then you just live forever in the gas. So, in a battle royale, the last man standing is going to be the guy in the gas with the with the stim. It's called the stim glitch. Right. Every single update for the past year has put the stim glitch back in the game. Just take <laughs> it out of the game. Just when yeah. you update the game, include the patch with the stim glitch. How many patches do we need? Before the sim glitch is not in the game anymore. They always release the update. The sim glitch is there. They take the sim glitch out. Just release the patch without the sim glitch. I don't understand how hard that is. If you're going to patch it later everywhere, anyway, every single time. I don't get it. Anyway, great game. Still love Warzone. I know you guys don't give a shit about Warzone. Um, What was the last uh, notification I read? Cisco yeeted. That's a good question. Ka- Khalil Jama with the seven months. Hi guys, love the podcast. Keep being amazing. Thank you, Khalil Jama, for the support. Uh, I am Solez with fourteen months. Smoking big doinks today, boys? Question mark. No, but I'm happy for all of you that do. Yes. Um, good on you. Good on you. Uh, Exto Lexicon, thank you for the three months. I appreciate you. Uh, Webs11, thank you for the three months. Chris BX, thank you for the 33 months. Uh, Press10, thank you for the 500 bits. Hey, Bob and Will, it's me, the guy who asked if Spawnwave was in the same cinematic universe as y'all. Well, <laughs> I donated to Spawnwave and asked him, and he said that he would agree on that statement. So I just wanted to let you guys know that I am very excited. Good. That's good to hear. I'm glad we're on the same yeah. page there. I I was ready to get in a fight right now. I thought he was going to say no. Anyway, Mecha Dragon. We'll, we'll find a way. We'll find a way to make it all part of the same cinematic universe. If we have to go to the multiverse, we will. <laughs> Mecha Dragon. Multiverses are in. Thanks for 100 bits. Uh, the problem I have with all these indies is that most of them are also on Steam. And with me getting into PC gaming recently, I don't know if I should get these games on Steam or my Switch. I mean, I always err on the side of Switch because uh, you have more flexibility. You can take it with you wherever. The only downside is uh, if you want to play with a keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Uh, and most of these indie oh, games I mean, are going to want a controller anyway. Right. Well, I think like most indie games do offer the option to play with a controller. Um, the thing about Steam is that they're usually on Steam first and they're often cheaper. 
yeah. or eventually will be cheaper. Yeah. So there's a lot of benefits to playing on PC. The the biggest benefit to, to playing on Switch though is ease of use, ease of compatibility, and the ability to play it on the go. Yeah. And easier to play it on your TV, I guess. So I, I, I guess I see this differently. I think most people have their Switch dock on a TV and stuff, like in the living room or something. Yeah. And the computer is a separate desk. For me, everything is right here. I play everything at my computer desk. So playing yeah. it on the Switch is just more convenient because I could take it with me wherever. It's more versatile. Um, playing it on a PC feels like the same thing, but less like I'm trapped. I'm trapped on to my yeah. desk on my computer. Um, so especially with indie games because it doesn't require a lot of power it's gonna you're gonna get the same experience on your switch um anyway that's my take danny des thank you for the prime subscription or the regular subscription i'm sorry i'm sorry that it took me a while uh that first topic was very long yes we we try to read the notifications in between topics uh, again, we didn't want to talk about indie stuff because that was <laughs> almost a full week ago, but uh, we there, nothing else happened. So, Next news, though. Uh, classic Sony systems may die forever. Yeah, that's we, it. We, we, might not get, again. we might not get any more. You, your PlayStation 3 might not work in a few years. The Lumi... Oh, or your PlayStation 4. Or your PlayStation 5. The looming software kill switch lurking in aging PlayStation hardware. Uh, unless something changes, an, an issue lurking in older PlayStation's internal timing systems threatens to eventually make every PS4 game and all downloaded PS3 games unplayable on current hardware. Right now, it's not a matter of if, but when this problem will occur. The ticking firmware time bomb has been known in certain PlayStation preservation and hacking circles for a while, but it's gaining new attention amid the amid Sony's recent announcement to shut down the online stores for PS3, PSP, and Vita software. We'll talk about that later. While the impending store shutdown won't impact player abilities to play and re-download previously purchased software for now, the eventual wider shutdown of PSN servers for these aging consoles could have a much more drastic effect on the playability of, of a wide swath of games. What's the problem? The root of the coming issue has to do with the CMOS battery inside every PS3 and PS4, which the system uses to keep track of the current time, even when it's unplugged. If the battery dies or is removed for any reason, it raises an internal flag in the system's firmware, indicating the clock may be out of sync with reality. Hmm. After that flag is raised, the system in question has to check in the PSN the next time it needs to confirm the correct time. On the PS3, this online check happens when you play a game downloaded from the PlayStation Store. On the PlayStation 4, this also happens when you try to play retail games installed from disc. This check has to be performed at least once even if the CMOS battery is replaced with a fresh one so the system can reconfirm clock consistency. Why does the PlayStation firmware care so much about having the correct time? On the PS3, the timer is used to check. The timer check is used to enforce any time limits that may have been placed on your digital purchase, as confirmed by the error message 
This content has a time limit to perform this operation. Go to the settings date and time settings via internet. Oh, that's so annoying. I know. The check seems to the check seems to be required even for downloads that don't have any actual set expiration dates, adding a de facto one-time online check-in requirement for systems after their internal battery fails. On the PlayStation 4, though, the timing check is apparently intended to make sure PSN trophy data is registered accurately and to prevent players from pretending to get trophies earlier than they actually did. You think this check could be segregated from the ability to load the non-trophy portions of the game, but player testing has shown that this seems to be a requirement to get PS4 games to load at all. Uh, all right, we could sum up the rest. Uh, yeah. it, see, it sounds a lot to me like how uh, on a on a PC motherboard, taking the CMOS battery out, like kind of resets the BIOS. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's no internet, you can't read you can't fix it basically you can't yeah it resets things and if there's if there's no connection to the internet like what was going to happen to the playstation 3 you would you wouldn't be able to even use your playstation 3 at all um so yeah that 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 would have messed everything up i would like to note uh everybody's saying modern vintage gamers in the corner of the screen good because uh there was he did a tweet uh this isn't a sony thing the xbox simply won't work unless you activate it so with the with the xbox if they don't have any internet connectivity you just legit can't even use your xbox it's not even like a cmos battery thing it's just a it's just a general you need internet in order to even use the console at all right um so this is just a modern console thing it's not even like a I mean, yeah, it's a hardware problem. It's a hardware flaw, yeah. it seems like. But it's just a. this is the way consoles are now, which yeah. is terrible for people like us who uh, I, I, we consider ourselves kind of like collectors and we like to archive yeah. our history of gaming. Yeah. Um, so in a few years, I want to be able to dust off the old PlayStation 3 or in 20 years from now, I'd love to be able to dust off my PlayStation 5 and see what I had on there. And uh, that just might Warzone, not, just Warzone, or no, <laughs> fragments of of yeah. Cold War and Modern Warfare and Warzone. Um, but yeah, that might not be possible. It yeah. turns out, uh, this is something that you know Sony and and maybe Microsoft needs to fix. I don't think it's yeah. a, as much of a problem for Microsoft because they're a they're. I mean, I mean they're both massive companies. Right. I don't see Microsoft closing down servers for old Xbox hardware anytime soon. No, they, they've kept the 360 store up and running all, all this time. Um, you can still buy 360 games on the Xbox One. Xbox um, Live it, on original Xbox took a while to 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 fizzle yeah. out. Yeah, but there's still um, they, there's still like homebrewed ways for people to play with each other on like Halo Two right. and stuff. Uh, well, that's through System Link. So, because those games were had system link capability, right? Uh, but I mean, like you can yeah. like connect it to the internet, and there's like a weird like thing you could yeah. do to like get things to work. Yeah, I mean, but this is this is an issue because like a CMOS battery theoretically can be replaced at home, but as far as I know, there's no way to do that without 
Sony registering your PlayStation as jailbroken and therefore Ooh. can't connect to the internet. That's dumb. They they got to lift yeah. that for old yeah. hardware. That can it, just be a simple that that's a firmware update that they can fix. If they're going to kill off a system, they got to remove the jailbreak stuff cuz cuz yeah. what else is the system good for, you know? Like Yeah. That's that's a waste. Also, at the very end of the PlayStation Three life cycle, that's when they enabled the ability to use any controller you want, any Bluetooth controller. <laughs> so that to me looked like a way of Sony being like, "This console's dead. Do whatever you want with it." Yeah. But then this kind of goes against that. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is this is bad for our archivists, I guess. It's bad for archivists. It's bad for people who only have a PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. You know, because some people don't upgrade every console generation. They they have one console for years and years and years. And then eventually, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, they're like, yeah, maybe I'll get the newest system. Yeah, there's people who are still playing Skyrim on their PlayStation 3s. Yeah. Uh, so. But good news for archivists yes uh we'll we'll move this one because this is this is relative um yeah the the playstation 3 and vita stores aren't dying apparently no what'd you do with the link i i i, I deleted it and put it back and i, I moved it up in the list i see it i see it i got you yeah so this is a blog this is ahead. a blog post on the playstation blog from uh President and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan. Recently, we notified players that the PlayStation Store on PS3 and Vita devices was planning to end this summer. Upon further reflection, however, it's clear that we made the wrong decision here. So today, I'm happy to say that we will be keeping the PlayStation Store operational for PS3 and Vita devices. PSP Commerce functionality will retire July 2nd, 2021 as planned. Wow. When we initially came to this decision to end the per- the purchasing support for PS3 and Vita, it was born out of a number of factors, including commerce support cha- challenges for older devices and the ability for us to focus more of our resources on newer devices where the majority of our gamers are playing on. We see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PS3 and Vita for the foreseeable future, so I'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations. I'm glad that we can keep this piece piece of our history alive for gamers to enjoy while we continue to create cutting-edge new game worlds for PS4, PS5, and the next generation of VR. Thank you for sharing your feedback with us. We're always listening and appreciating the support from the PlayStation community. So I guess they saw this as backlash. Oh, 100%. That's kind of crazy that they were like, okay, fine, we'll leave it up yeah because like that means that like it really wasn't that big of a deal to them like i thought they were like you know dropping compatibility because like you know it's a burden on them but it seems like it really wasn't that big of a deal no i mean i'm sure that the ps3 and vita store the ps3 and vita stores had reached a point where there was not a lot of revenue coming in so it, it would make financial sense to shut it down i mean not necessarily that they were losing money but they weren't gonna, you know, gain any more money. Any money they would have spent on the PS3 and Vita service could have gone to PS4 and PS5 or whatnot. But I think they've seen the reception to that, and I think now they understand that it was a big mistake. So they're gonna keep those stores up and running, 
PSP, I can understand them shutting that store down. That system's been dead for years. Uh, so I think this is a fair compromise. And most, if not all, PSP games you can download and play on the Vita. So it's not a huge... It's a loss, but it's not as big of a loss. And that's so old by now. Like, you mean, yeah. there's got to be a cutoff at some point, you know? You're not mm-hmm. always going to be able to download a, a new game on a device. Like, yeah. like, you were still going to be able to download games you already purchased, which I think is is crazy. Yeah. For such an old console. Uh, RoboJack in the chat says, foreseeable future. See y'all next year. <laughs> but yeah. He's right. Next year, they'll probably just shut down all this stuff. Probably. But... um. What else did I want to say? Uh, well, oh, there was a game. I think it was Aqua Kitty was slated to be launched like the week before this was yes. all. This was all going down. It was the last Vita game to be launched. Yeah, which uh, I think is reason enough to keep the Vita store up. You still have games being released for it. You have a surprising number of indie games still being released for Vita. Imagine your game is slated to be released on a platform and then they decide to close the platform the following week. Well, there goes it? all of your everything you've been working up for. There goes yeah. all of it. Friggin' um what's it? Colin Moriarty's video game company, Lily Mo. They just mm-hmm. got more uh Vita development kits. And then the next week they announced the the store was gonna close. <laughs> he must be pissed. Yeah. He, he's the champion of the Vita. Yeah, he is. He's the Vita's biggest. He's Mr. Vita. He's president of yeah. Vita Island. Yeah. Except there was some. Uh, there was some land dispute over Vita Island. Yes. Um. So, but th- th- that's the weird part to me is that there's still stuff being launched on the store. They have to give developers like way advance notice before they just yeah close the doors like that. That might be more of a reason why they they decided to postpone this. Yeah. But I mean, even still, like, because again, had had these stores closed down as planned, there, that meant that like thousands of games would just be rendered unavailable to people, because there are still games on the PS3 and the Vita that were only available digitally that have never been available in any other format on any other platform. Right. So you would have lost access to all of these games, and it's not like these games are available on the PS4 or the PS5. If there was some form of backwards compatibility, this wouldn't be a big deal. But the fact that there isn't makes it a big deal. Right. Um, so anyway, they decided to keep it up. The only problem is PSP, which, I mean, you gotta cut it off at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, a lot of PSP games you could play on the Vita. True. Uh, Triton, that one guy, thank you for the 15 months. Hello, Wolf Bros. Hope you're doing good. I am doing great. Doing pretty good, yeah. That is good. Uh, we're a little behind here. Uh, yes, we're a lot F- behind here. Where's F Zero at, Will? You it's dumb, just sleeping. stupid idiot. This went, this had a little, this had a little, little thing on Twitter. This, this, went. oh, I feel like it's warranted. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll get into it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Takayama uh, Imahura, the now-retired Nintendo artist and designer who helped create The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask and characters like Captain Falcon and Fox McCloud, 
has said that while F-Zero isn't dead, it's a series that is hard to bring back without a grand idea. Uh, Imamura spoke to IGN about his 30-year career at Nintendo, and he revealed that he considers F-Zero GX to be the ultimate F-Zero. However, 2003's F-Zero GX is 18 years old and is the last console F-Zero game to be released. That's pretty crazy. Well, I know. While many Nintendo franchises have lived on with new entries, F-Zero has been quiet for nearly two decades, although it wasn't for lack of trying. Of course, I've thought about it many times, but without a grand new idea, it's hard to bring back, Imamura says. Despite that, Imamura assures us that the F-Zero series isn't dead, even with him no longer being at Nintendo. Uh, Imamura also delved deep into the development of F-Zero GX, which took inspiration from Daytona USA and was developed by Sega's Amusement Visions alongside Nintendo. And Uh, it just goes on to talk about F-Zero GX. So... Uh, I didn't know that it was it was that guy. It was it was the uh, character designer. I didn't know he's the one who said yeah. that because he's retired now. He can do whatever he wants. He's not going to get yelled yeah. at by by the big N. Um, but uh, yeah. So people, a lot of people quote tweeted this IGN article, uh, and were like, were like, it's not that hard. All you have to do is, and then they and then they listed all. They basically everybody's pitching their own F Zero game. <laughs> All he said was, it's hard. And obviously it's hard. Game design is hard. And it's Nintendo. They want to do it perfect. So I under... Listen, 18 years without an F-Zero game, that's a long time. I'm not saying that they're right in doing that. I'm just saying, all he said was it was hard. It is hard. (laughs) You can't deny (laughs) that it's hard. And then I quote tweeted it, because everybody else was quote tweeting it. I said, this tweet subtly turned everybody into a game designer. (laughs) Because everybody's pitching their own ideas on how to do F-Zero right. As if it's not that hard. All you have to do is revitalize a dead franchise. <laughs> it's hard, dude. I've been saying for a really long time, and I know I'm. I know uh, this is another one of Bob's unpopular opinions. He's got a lot of them today. This is the <laughs> one that's gonna bury me. Um, I've been saying that I think F Zero is a game that uh, I don't want to say can't be done today in the modern era, but it would be really hard to do. And so I completely agree with this guy. I don't. (laughs) Here's the thing, because how many fucking Mario Kart games have we gotten since the GameCube? A lot. And how different, realistically here, how different are the Mario Kart games from one game to the next? There is one major key difference here, Will, between F-Zero and Mario Kart. I think I know what it is, but what what are you gonna say? It's 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 our it's our good buddy here, Mario. Will Mario Kart just became the most the highest selling racing game of all time in America? I think yeah. that just happened today. I think it was Mario yeah. Kart Eight. Um, you can't do that with F Zero. You can't. So that leads because I thought you, what you were gonna say, and it's along similar lines. I think the reason why there hasn't been an F Zero game in twenty years is because it's the same reason why we haven't gotten a Metroid game in a very long time. F-Zero doesn't sell. Yes. Which is why why it would be hard to do without a grand idea. You need to make a big spectacle out of it before you shovel a bunch of Nintendo's hard-earned money into that and try to fire out a hit. I think it's possible to make an F-Zero game and have it be successful and profitable and people will like it. I think if they Nintendo has this weird thing where if one game in the series 
does poorly, then they shelve the series until they can figure out what to do with it. They did it with Metroid because, you know, Metroid Other M did pretty badly. So they shelved Metroid until they could figure out what to do with it. Um, they did it with, uh, with the Star Fox. Star Fox, you know, they really shit the bed with Star Fox. Well, the, the Star Fox, they shit the bed with twice. Because there was the GameCube era games, which people didn't really like. Then they tried to bring it back with Zero. Now, and, now Star and that Fox was even fans, worse. Star Fox fans would be very mad at you for saying that the GameCube games I were don't, good. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say anything good about the GameCube games. They, the Star I Fox know, people love the GameCube games. At least Adventure, one of them. Every Star Fox fan likes one of the GameCube games. And not Adventure the other Adventure reviewed well. But I don't know anybody who actually liked it. And Assault, the R-Wing sections are people like, but a lot of that game is on foot missions, and you don't buy Star Fox for on foot missions. Right. And and so, uh, Star Fox Zero was was uh, disappointing. Bad. It was bad. Yeah, it, was, it was very disappointing. They really tried to shoehorn in the Wii U element, and it, it just yeah. didn't work at all. Um, so... Yes, I, I Nintendo has a th they got the Nintendo polish. They got they got when they have a big franchise, they yeah. they want to put everything they have into it, which is kind of a blessing and a curse. It's great for games like Mario and Zelda because they put everything yeah. they have into those games. Even the small bite-sized games like uh like Link to the uh, uh Link Between, no. Link's Awakening. Yeah. And for example, uh uh the the Crypt of the Necro Dancer game, whatever the hell that was called. Yes, yeah. Um, those games are great. They're all awesome, and they're like they're like bite sized in comparison to the grand spectacle that are the main games. Uh, I think any other company could just give an indie dev like a like a bunch of money and be like, make a freaking F Zero game and make it uh, quirky and and cool, and it would yeah. come out great. But Nintendo is Nintendo's like keeping the ace in their sleeve waiting for a time when they can make it like a big deal uh which could blow up in their face like it did with star fox yeah um so yeah I, again i just agree with this guy it sounds like it would be really hard to do i know everybody's got their own ideas in their heads of of what they want uh yeah uh, f-zero to be but they're not game developers they're just people who they're just fans. i don't think it would i don't think it would necessarily be hard i think it's i feel like they think f-zero needs to be something else something different yeah when all people want is f-zero gx yeah just but modernized yeah that's not so, gonna sell they, they, they do have to revitalize they do have to completely change it i think i think that they they took what they did with f-zero gx and modify it enough to you know not need to sell 10 million copies in order to be profitable i think they can bring back the series just make a burnout f-zero game and i'm down i'll buy there four you go copies. yeah i'd be so down for that yeah yo i got that game hot shot racing yeah on the switch it was like 11.99 that game is sick it's like a it looks like <laughs> virtual racing um, oh yeah it's so good. It, it has burnout style boosts, but you can't really. There's no takedowns, but you can kind of okay. slow people down if you hit them. It's so freaking good. Oh, it's on Game Pass apparently. Says Knucker. Oh, there you go. It's freaking. It's sick. Play it for like two seconds. You'll be like, ah, oh, it was cool. 
and and there's a campaign and each character has their own like like cool like little ending like you know <laughs> where it like shows like a like a mini yeah, cutscene. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool um and there's a captain falcon style character i thought it was cool so anyway uh i agree i think it'd be hard to make an f-zero game uh but i understand why people are up in arms because of course they want their f-zero back and i get it yeah captain falcon needs to be the guy from f-zero not the guy from smash brothers <laughs> right <laughs> um anyway uh speaking of games that i played this is Super Mario 64 Plus. is an unofficial PC port with 60 frames per second and a permadeath mode. That's not all. This game <laughs> slaps, dude. So I yeah. played this uh, on stream the other day. I forgot when. Uh, there's supposed to be a clips video up sometime. Uh, blame Ian for that. Uh, but uh, it's freaking awesome, dude. Uh, look, look, look for a clips video on youtube.com slash wolf den clips it'll be up soon um but anyway what this is is uh so a, a while ago we got uh uh the pc port of mario 64 do you remember that it was 4k yes. 60 frames per second everybody made a big deal yes. about that and it was widescreen uh this is not that this takes the Correct. rom this takes the rom of super mario 64 and uh adds a whole bunch of stuff to it so you have to take your ROM, run a script. It compiles the, the ROM. It's actually very easy to do if you follow the directions. And and the directions mm -hmm. are, you could download it straight from the YouTube link. Um, you just need your own Super Mario 64 ROM. Uh, it adds all this stuff and makes it and makes an executable file for you to play. Um, so it uses, it doesn't use the source code like the PC port did. This uses the actual ROM and then enhances it. You can already mm -hmm. see it's widescreen, it's 1080p. I think it can do up to 4K. Um, I didn't do that though. Um, uh, the 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 UI is is bigger. UIs, yeah. You can see like your health is up in the corner. It has a star counter in the yeah, bottom. So, so that's that's a really cool add-on. And and there's a whole there's options. There's a whole thing before you start the game. There's a whole list of options. You can turn everything on or off. So you can make it just like regular Mario 64 if you want. Oh wow! Or you can throw on all of these add-ons. So you mentioned the star counter in the corner. That's not normal, right? Yeah. When you play Mario 64, you get a star. You get kicked right back out to the castle. Right. Unless you turn on an option in this game, you can just collect all the stars in one go. You can make it like Mario Odyssey um, with the moons. They, there's some weird level design quirks because of that. They tried to yeah. change some stuff. It, it kind of breaks in some areas. Um, yeah. But uh, that's really cool. Like, I hated when I would like want to do a star and then I would end up getting all the red coins and then or I'd get like seven of the red coins and then I would get a star and I'd be like, ah, oh, I just got seven of the red coins. I got to do all that again yeah um so that's a cool add-on there's there's uh mechanical add-ons like um you can have the super mario odyssey uh somersault dive so you know how oh, you wow. like throw cappy and jump off of him in like the air yeah. gives you an extra jump you can kind of without cappy you can the thing that happens before you jump on cappy you can i got that. i get what you're saying yeah you yeah, jump yeah. in the air do a somersault and then you dive that's added yeah. into this. It's freaking awesome. Oh, wow. You can reach a lot of cool places. It's cool. Um, what else? 
Uh, so this was developed by the guy who made Super Mario Flashback, which is my favorite 2D Mario fan game that I've played. Right. Because it's really yeah. cool. Uh, I, you can also download that. That's an executable file that you can just play. Um, there's other mechanical add-ons too that make it easier to move around. Oh, biggest change, biggest thing that makes this great: the freaking camera is a free look 360 rotating uh, camera. If you toggle it on, the only thing that I don't like about it is that up and down still control still switches between mario and lakitu and it just kind of uh, goes like whoop out and whoop in yeah but left and right feels amazing uh i mean i feel like that's the most important yeah they 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 finally figured out how to make mario 64 yeah. feel good uh it's like a good feeling game now yeah uh there's also there's also all of these like like fun little add-ons there's permadeath mode so you die you die and it deletes the save mm -hmm. file um there's a a green devil mode where i don't know if you've ever heard of that but uh oh yeah 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 so if if, if you have to, what is it you when the when the one up comes you have to like run away from it yes yeah. uh if you get a one up from a tree it will chase you um yeah so this makes it so that that one up will kill you if it hits you <laughs> Um. So yeah, it's really cool. There's also you could change the draw distance to make it so you could see everything. Uh, and I tried that, and I went to Bowser's sub, and the frame rate didn't dip. It was a, it looked like a full sixty the whole time. Um, it's awesome. This was the best way I've ever played Mario sixty four in my life. Yeah. Um, I recommend this if you want to play Mario sixty four on PC and have a ROM for it. Uh, it's very exciting. Here, here's the tweaks. Fix collision errors, obviously. Fix a manta ray rings. I don't know what that is. Make blue coin switches respawn. That's a thing that was a problem in the original because there's, I think, one star that requires you to get... Oh, I think it's the yeah. 100 ring star. And you'd have to restart if you don't get all the blue rings. Uh, now, that makes it easier. Remove annoying warps. Uh, improve metal Mario. Disable repeat boo messages so you don't have to keep doing the same dialogue. Yeah. Make it easier to talk to the NPCs so you don't sit there and punch the air every time you want to talk to one. Add a quit option to the pause menu. Uh, that's good. So you can, like, you know, quit the game. Uh, stay in level after getting a star. That's the one of the biggest the changes. The Mario Odyssey style, yeah. That I really like. Uh, and there's a lot more. And there's a lot of, like, graphical tweaks you can do and stuff. It's friggin' awesome. I, I, yeah. I can't say enough good things about this. There's been plenty of ways to play Mario 64 this year or this past year. So uh, I understand if you don't want to try it, but this makes yeah. it a lot better. Uh, unfortunately, it's only on... Uh, it, it, it's You can't... A lot of people ask me this. You can't take the ROM and put it into an emulator because it is its own emulator. It, it does mm -hmm. a lot to it. It's an executable file. That also means it's not going to work on Mac unless you do some wizardry to it. use like wine or crossover or something which and don't, don't really work all that well yeah i can't imagine it working good because it uh, it you know 1080p 60 frames it's going to do a lot to your uh and the draw distance yeah. is increased it's it's going to do a lot <sighs> anyway awesome uh crispy x try it hell i feel like i need to send them a christmas card this year <laughs> <laughs> um 
Has anyone created a hack to fix the camera? I've heard that people have, but I don't think any of yeah. them work good. And this one, to me, worked great. Um, my only problem was going in and out. BB Retro says, I'm the only one who loves Star Fox Adventures, and I'm okay with that. I, I'm telling you, there's a cult following that likes... That one I feel like GameCube has a games. cult following. I I would be amazed if anybody says anything about Star Fox Assault that isn't... R-Wing stuff was good, but the rest of the game was on foot, and that was crap. It's. I hope it's not like the Sonic Unleashed people. The The, the, the Sonic levels were good. I mean, but the Sonic levels were good. Yeah, but that's fifty percent of the game. That's a fifty percent of, no, of look, the game I, I is bad, with, and that's a bad. Game. I agree with you, but the tank levels the in levels it, were good. The tank levels in Arkham Knight were bad, and that's fifty percent of the game, and that makes that's Arkham Knight a bad game. game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a lot of enemies today, and I'm, I know I'm, you I are. I don't give a shit. Uh, Silent Mongoose, Star Fox Assault's multiplayer mode was tight. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why people are holding on to it. There you go. All right, Got let's, one. Let's plow our house through this Resident Evil showcase. Okay, so there was another Resident Evil showcase. Um, at the top of IGN's article, Resident Evil 4 is coming to Oculus Quest 2. I really don't want to buy an Oculus Quest. Dude, I'm so down. I'm so down for this. I, I, so, oh my god! It like I, I VR is great. I don't want to have to play it off my PC. Playing it on the Quest in the headset with nothing else. I'm so down. That sounds fantastic. And it looks like it looks like the original game. Like they didn't like use the new Resident Evil engine and whatnot. It looks like the GameCube game just in VR, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's uh, that, that's wonderful. Uh, they, I can't they, wait. Obviously, they had your... to do a lot of retooling to get that to work. Oh yeah, I can't wait to steal your Oculus and play this. <laughs> uh, you can borrow it. Thank um, you. Uh, but that's not it. They have oh, other VR stuff too. They... Uh, for, you mean Oculus or this announcement? <laughs> uh, I think that there's another. I think there's another VR thing. Like another no, I think Resident Evil VR. No, that was that was the only that was the only one they announced. Okay, yeah, maybe I just thought Village looked like a VR game. <laughs> maybe I mean there'll probably be a PSVR because there's a PSVR version for um, Resident Evil Seven. So True. maybe they'll do one of them. Yeah. Anywho, so there's that. Uh, Resident Evil Village's gameplay demo arrives uh, next week for PlayStation owners early May for everyone else. So. I'm just going to say right off the bat, this is a bullshit thing they're doing. Um, so you can, all right. So before we end it, you, you download the demo and the demo is two parts. It's the village and the castle. And you have 30 minutes to play each section, an hour oh. total. That's, that's fine. That's whatever. I, I don't like it, but they did that with Resident Evil 2. Um, and I sort of like gave them a pass. The bullshit part is the schedule of when this is being released. Oh, why so, did I make it confusing? So for everyone, the demo will be available in North America May 1st between 5 p. 
p.m. Pacific, and then May 2nd, 5 p.m. Pacific. So you have 24 hours starting from 5 p.m. May 1st to 5 p.m. May 2nd to play the demo. Unless you're on a PlayStation system, then you can play, and again, in North America, you can play the Village portion from April 7th to the 18th, again, 5 p.m. Oh, this you had even less time, 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. Pacific. And then the Castle portion is the 24th, which is Saturday, this Saturday. You can play that from 5 p.m. Pacific to 1 a.m. Pacific. April twenty fifth. Okay. So you already missed the village demo. Yes, <laughs> I already missed it. That's too yeah. too bad. Castle demo is this weekend. Yes. Uh, sucks. I won't be able to play it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> I could ju- I could wait till May first to play it on my Xbox. True. Um, or I could just wait till the fucking game comes out. <laughs> I'd rather play it on my Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, the game doesn't it come out early May, right? Yeah. Yeah, so what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Just give me the game. Uh, we got a new trailer for Resident Evil Village. It still looks still looks good. Still looks like Resident Evil Village. Still looks a lot like Resident Evil 4, which is a good thing. I, I, um, I'm upset I didn't play uh, 7. I think I think once I finish Doom Eternal, I'm going to just dump, jump right into Resident Evil 7. Is it on Game Pass? Okay. I don't think so. I think it's. I want to say it's on sale on PlayStation Four, but I might be wrong. Don't we own it? No, I have it. I downloaded it digitally on my Xbox. So, but yeah, I'll be sure to play it during the day. It's Actually, only, no. <laughs> it's only ten. Oh, included with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. There you go. There you go. Microsoft, give me money. Yeah. I'm selling Game Pass like crazy over here. Yeah. Uh, so the, we got a new trailer. It shows off um, new things about the village itself. Uh, main antagonist, Mother Moderna. Umbrella's involvement. Um, a confrontation with Chris Redfield. Wait, Mother Moderna? Yeah. That's her name? No. the You're talking about Tall Lady? Yeah. Tall Lady is Lady Dimitriscu, which I think I'm pronouncing right. Who's who's Mother Moderna? I think her boss. Sorry, this, Mother this is, Miranda. Okay, or, Moderna, Moderna would a, be would be a problem. A this would yeah. have been a grand conspiracy. <laughs> Mother Miranda is Lady Dimitriscu's boss. Lady Tiramisu. Yes. Uh, Resident Evil Seven is only nine and a half hours. Yes. Unless you're Tim Simpson, then it's. One hour. It's twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, Lady Dimitriscu is going to work similar to uh, Mister X and just like follow you around and stuff. That's great. I love that. I, yeah. lo- I love uh, the direction they're taking Resident Evil. Yeah, they're they're taking uh, they're stuff. making it different, but keeping what works and stuff. And they're also still yeah. keeping alive the old stuff. Yes, um, which is nice. I think that's it, it's a it's a weird franchise, but they're doing cool things yeah. with it. Uh, one of the things, speaking of which, is they're bringing back the mercenaries mode, first introduced in the original Resident Evil Three, um, and last seen in Resident Evil Six. So it's been a while, but they're bringing it back. Uh, the idea is to let players compete in high score challenges by racking up kills and collecting time extension bonuses. 
Um, there are going to be new uh, new features like power upgrades and weapons uh, shops throughout the throughout the mode. It's going to be more open world than the previous, like you know, put you down in a level and try to survive type thing. Uh, so that's cool. Mercenaries is a fun mode. Uh, and then we got like a sneak preview of the Resident Evil animated uh, movie coming to Netflix, Infinite Darkness. I'm not. I'm not about uh, CG video game movies. Yeah, yeah. I I saw one of the Resident Evil CG movies. It's kind of dumb. <laughs> Better than the live action movies, though. I'll give it that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the speaking of which, they said the live action Resident Evil reboot that they're making right now. Um, they said we're in the special effects stages of it, but you should be seeing that come out sometime soon. So. All I know is that one sounds like it's actually following the video game, so I'm excited. Uh, I'm not excited. I have little faith. Yeah, me too. But you know what? Uh, I just think <laughs> the, the 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 live action Resident Evil movies—they made six of them. Yep. And, like they they're they're weird and bizarre. They they like stopped having anything to do with the games after the second one, and I don't understand how they last that long and how people are fans of that series. But, but it's six fucking movies, the Chinese market. I, I don't even know because those games, those movies came out before that was a thing. I got to sneeze. All right. <sighs> but anyway, lastly, uh, resident evil is teaming up with uh dead by daylight. They're doing a, they're doing a collaboration. Oh, wow. Dead by daylight. Has yeah. A lot of stuff in it. I think they do. Yeah. Uh well I'm I I I'm interested in Resident Evil Eight I don't know if I'm ever gonna play it I would love to play it yeah uh I don't know when the hell I'm gonna do that Resident Evil Four on Oculus Quest Two that's a must I might make a make that a thing I might make that a stream yeah. or something that sounds freaking yeah. awesome uh, I got to figure out how to rechat in the headset though that there's gotta be like a plugin or something for that yeah um. Anyway, there's two more stories. Uh, we don't really have to read these. They're not that important. Uh, uh, f- one is their the friggin' stupid Lego Luigi. Yay. Yeah. There's, there's a, this was like leaked yesterday and then officially announced today or something. Yeah. Um, so I know oh, how much you love Luigi. Lego Mario. I mean, it is Luigi, but it comes with friggin' Yosh. Yes, it does come with a Yosh. That's cool. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. Uh, I, I know you. You like hate this. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's for kids. It's yeah. fine. I'm a I'm a grown ass man that wants to buy toys, and you can't display it because he looks horrifying when he's off. So yeah, uh, you. It's really I, no, built. You're, you're right. It's built to be played with. Except that Yosh do be looking nice. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a, a digital playset though. No, it comes with it. So I'm against it because it doesn't fill my need. But for a kid, it's probably right. cool. And then the very last thing, uh, is very Days- last thing, Days Gone creative director and writer John Garvin said that if you want, if you love a game and want a sequel, you should buy it at fucking full price. Why is this in Portuguese? I don't know why, you... dude. My freaking Microsoft account and stuff was like going to Portuguese. I don't understand. 
That's weird because I it sent me right to the English. Maybe my uh, maybe my VPN's being weird. Maybe. Uh, basically, the long short is yeah. He said you should buy the effing uh, game at full price if you like a game, which is which uh, I know. Oh. Well, there's there's, there's two sides. One, uh, people didn't like Days Gone that much. <laughs> so it wasn't that, like, popular because it wasn't that yeah. great. Two, how do you know you like a game if it's if you haven't bought it yet? Right. Um, I, I guess he means, like, if you're really interested in a game, if you know you're going to like something, buy it yeah. at full price. But, but I, he's talking about... I remember when... Uh, Somebody asked Sam Lake, the the creative head at Remedy, why there's no Alan Wake 2. And he said, Alan Wake 1 sold very well, and it was profitable for us. But that success did not come immediately. Had that happened within the first few months of the game's release, then there would be an Alan Wake 2. But because it happened over the course of several years, there was no impetus from microsoft who was the publisher of alan wake to greenlight a sequel so they had to move on to the next project which was quantum break there's this there's this mentality in the games industry he's really speaking to a larger problem where there's this mentality in the games industry where if it's not a success immediately then it's a failed franchise then you're not getting a sequel then there's not going to be another one yeah but there is Yes, you're you're 100 percent right. But I'm but, not saying there haven't been like situations where that's not the case. Like we got a second Mirror's Edge eventually, but right. more often than not, that's that's a big problem. Yeah, it should be a uh, a little flag should come up for publishers. Like, oh, people like Alan Wake. All of a sudden, we yeah. should make another one of those. Like, this is a hot franchise now. All of a sudden, it wasn't then, yeah. but now we have this franchise. We have the rights to this franchise. We could do something cool with it. Uh, so, if Days Gone all of a sudden starts to pick up a year from now or now, maybe yeah. maybe Greenlight a sequel. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, now is what it'll probably pick up because it's part of PlayStation Plus. It's part of the PlayStation Plus collection on PS Five. They also um, supposedly fixed a lot of issues that people had with yeah. the game, so they 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 redid a lot of stuff. So, and Mir I'm sure there is a small following for it. Captain Tempest in the chat says, we got a Mirror's Edge 2. Where have I been? You've been right where you are because Mirror's Edge 2, <laughs> not that great. <laughs> yes, it is. It's fine. It's it a got, good game. It got EA-ified. I did not like it. I didn't like it. it I loved I the original Mirror's Edge. It was one of my favorite first, games of all yeah, time. Yeah, no, the first one is great, but the second one is not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I didn't like it. It was bad. I didn't like it because it was EIified and I thought it was Ubisoftified. I thought it was a Ubisoft game because of how much Ubisoft crap was in it, even though it was there an was EA a game. lot of Ubisoft crap in it. Yes, but I feel like it did enough good things to move past that. Um. Anyway, so yeah, if you want if you want a sequel to a game, unfortunately, you got to buy it at full fucking price. Yes, according to the developer. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all yes, the Bob. stories that we have. We plowed through them. Do you know what time that it is right now? Uh, are we unboxing first or are we doing the tweet of the week? Tweet of the week! Tweet of the week! Tweet of the week! I think we're doing well, the tweet right. of the week, Will. That answers that. Uh, this is, uh, from our friend and editor, Ian Why Not. Mm-hmm. Here is outfit of the day. 
Hello and welcome to my outfit of the day. Bun on top to respect God. Digimon shirt to disrespect God. <laughs> Jorts because I like dudes a little bit. And a fat old ass for secrets and lies. That's it. That's a that's a good one. I appreciate Ian's outfit of the day. And you should too. Anyway, uh, now we got a lot to unbox because Will finally went to the P.O. box to get the... the I did. LA. Thank you to... Thank you to Luke or, and uh, the Georgetown uh, cross-country cross track and field team for sending us AL8 and yes. giving us an excuse to check the P.O. box. Uh, I have a used water bottle in my box. So one of the things we got was actually something Bob already reviewed, which was the Dobe controller shell for, for Nintendo Switch. Weird thing. Um, I feel like they sent that because I trashed it. That was weird that that showed up because yeah. I bought it off that, of Amazon. Yeah, that is currently um, somewhere in our dining room because my daughter was playing with it. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of stuff here. Yeah. What the hell is this? Plainview Old Bethpage Public Library. Cool. Uh, okay. Speaking of the oh, and tax documents. Very yes. important. <laughs> um, uh, well, that this has the PO box address, so it's not a big yeah. deal. Um, so since you mentioned that Dobe, so the Dobe thing, it was a, uh, it was like Switch grips. It was like the, it's like a mix between the Hori split pad and the Satisfy grip. Yes. Um. I've had a video on that with the one with the RGB Joy-Con. That video has that dope grip in it. Uh, they Will's daughter destroyed it already. Um, <laughs> however, uh, can I do this? Yay! Oh, this has to be flipped. Uh, so they sent me uh, also thumb grips. I guess. I think those oh, are no, just like you know. This is for Xbox One. Yeah. Like, oh my god, these are fat. Oh, oh, I see. Where's my... I got my Xbox... Uh, this, so this says it's for Xbox One. But I guess it would work for the Series I mean, S. Sure. So this is a Series S one that I don't have yeah. anything. So my, my Series X has the satis, has a prototype version of the Satisfy uh, grips that I like a lot. Um. So... I mean, these look like all like all different weird sizes. This is just rubber. Yeah. I guess it just slaps right on. Nope, not really. This is this is a lot of work here. Oh no, there you go. That's pretty cool. Oh, it's fall. It's falling off already. Yes. You gotta really jam this thing on here. I don't got the patience for that right now. Yeah. There it is. Nice. I don't know how long it would last in a, in a big gaming sesh. That's pretty thick. Look at how thick that boy is. All right, cool. And I guess there's all different. Yeah, there's all different sizes and stuff. There's a, yeah. little, there's a little tiny one. Pretty cool. That's from uh, Extreme. No, this is from Dope, right? Yeah. It says Pandaren Pack. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> um. What else do we got? Well. You had, did you have something? Well, you have, we got four of them. I have two and you have two. Okay. Uh, I will oh. just 
I gotta brighten my camera. Okay. There you go. Yay. Look at all that noise. All right. Um all right, we got uh these guys. It's uh Yeah. Uh if I already took them out of uh the cardboard. So this is it. Uh Retro Fighters, the guys who made those modern uh Nintendo sixty four controllers are back with the Brawler sixty four wireless edition. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. I'll take uh, I'll take one out of the box. So yeah, we already they we love retro fires. They send us a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, I made a video on one of their N sixty four controllers a really long time ago. Uh, their original N sixty four controller, the Kickstarter, because uh, the N sixty four controller sucks and it needs to be modernized. <laughs> um, uh, and they modernized it. This is that, but wireless now apparently. Wireless and, and USB C. Wireless. Yeah, it's USB C to charge. Uh. This is the dongle for it. You plug this into your actual Nintendo 64. Um, you can even plug your memory card in there if you have a game that uses memory card. Um, and you just play N64 games wirelessly. Like, it's the 21st century. This is a lot like the Hyperkin Admiral. In yes. that it has uh, this giant uh, wireless receiver mm-hmm. that it could also be doubled as a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, memory. You put the memory card Mem- in here. Memory card slot. Yeah. Um. However, the Hyperkin Admiral has a uh, micro SD card slot on it. Yeah. So you could transfer your saves to micro SD card. Yes, which is a big deal in my book. Uh, I wonder what the I feel like difference is. that's that's more of like a enthusiast option. This is more for if you just want to like pick up and play and go the hyperkin admiral's on sale for 32 bucks right now oh wow also of note the hyperkin admiral disables rumble because if you plug this thing into your your n64 with a rumble pack it will shake the whole system and probably break Uh, something so this also does not support rumble Ah. pack or transfer pack oh yeah i think that the Hyperkin Admiral supports transfer pack, but not with the micro SD card. Right. Uh, I think I have so, a So these are currently from Brawler's Brawler 64 uh Retro Fighters website. These are forty dollars. So the same the same MSRP as the yes. uh, Hyperkin Admiral. Yes. Uh, you can get these in blue, gray, green, purple, red, and smoke gray. Ooh. They gave There's us... There's also... They gave us green... Green... Wait. Oh, this is blue? No, they... This isn't blue. That's green. Yeah, but it came in the blue I box. Think, I think you have blue. But, the, but oh. this one has the green on it. Well, maybe, open the maybe... green... If but this is green. This is greener. So we got two greens. No, look, it's two different greens. Look, look. This is supposed to be blue, uh, and this is green. Oh, uh, it's you like know a what? teal, and then like a like an yeah. actual like jungle green. So like on their green. webs. All right. So there's. Okay. Here's. Is it me? Is it the lighting? No, I don't think it's you. Because there's also. Yeah, because there's also 
like there's a there's an actual blue blue and like a smoke gray coming soon uh, which we don't which they did not give us there's also a black and gray version which is supposed to replicate the look of the ultra 64 prototype oh that's really cool yeah um The, this is much prettier looking than the Hyperkin Admiral. Yeah. Um, I think this this is definitely more of a... Like, this is what a modern Nintendo 64 controller well, would look and feel like. So, Retro Fighters kind of uh, kind of pioneered the, the modern N64 controller look. If you don't, yeah. even, if you don't count Hori from back in the day. Um, Hyperkin kind of uh, jacked it. They kind of jacked the, the Brawler 64 yeah. idea and made it wireless. Um, so, Brawler 64, now they made a wireless version. Uh, yeah. Haven't tested it, but I assume it's great because I love sure the, it's fine. I love the wired yeah. version. Uh, did they also send this? Yeah, they also sent that. So, this is a cool little uh, Switch game case. Uh, I should have just let you have this because I don't have any <laughs> physical Switch games. Well, all my physical Switch games are still in the box. Yeah. And they're... They're in a display thing. Um, so anyway, this, uh, I think it's supposed to look like an NES cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, like little, wait. I wasn't expecting this. So it's like a, it's like a clamshell. Yeah. Little mini NES cartridges. Oh. For each for each game that's pretty cool oh that's cool what do i got in here i have nothing in here you really don't have any physical switch no games? i do i just gotta give me a second go find it yeah i only have 10 physical switch games and i'm not gonna buy any more because i have like a little switch physical display stand that i got at uh, back when we had conventions, and unless I buy another one of those, I ain't buying any more physical Switch games. I got to put Mario. down somewhere. All right. Paper Mario. Here, I'll do the top-down camera. Heep, heep. All right. So, oh, it goes in the top like this. Yeah. Neat, neat. Look at that. Cute. Oh, that's cute. Oh wait, it kind of like has a spring. Oh, it goes in like a like a like in like in the actual switch. Like a switch, yeah. So uh, I guess it could pop out too. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That is cool. And then it goes into here. It's a lot of wasted yeah. space, but <laughs> it is. But, it does but look really I think cool. it's like it's a cute little thing. Like if you actually collect switch uh, physical switch games and you want an easier way to carry them. You know, rather than putting them in your switch case, right? The, the little like flap in your switch case. Um, I have one more thing here to mm -hmm. unbox. It is this extreme rate. Uh, it is a PlayStation Five Dual Sense controller shell. Yeah. Oh, it's so, like three. It was like three parts like that. It was that and like two bags. 
so this is like the like the bottom part this actually looks pretty sick yeah that's pretty sick yeah. this is the piece that would go oh let me dust the old guy off <laughs> this would go on the on the black part that's pretty cool yeah uh and then there's these bags oh it's the buttons it's red button oh yeah. oh i might have to do this dude and then there's the yeah, battery think, pack on the back. I I think it would look pretty cool. Is that battery pack or is it a touch? Oh, it's a touch bar in here. Oh. That's going to be a bitch. Yeah. This would look pretty cool with the white. I think yeah. I, I think I got to do it. That looks cool. Maybe uh maybe I'll make a stream of it. People like to people like when I do uh modding streams cuz I'm a modder <laughs> now, will. Oh yeah. You got to, you know, you got to keep your your brand alive. So that's it. That's all we got, right? And the L8. Yes. Yes. Thank you to everybody who sent this stuff. I'm sorry yes. it took us so long to open it. <laughs> it's my fault, really, because uh, it's it's a pain in the ass going to that P.O. box, but it would be more of a pain in the yeah. ass to get one around here. All right. Now we will finally talk to you guys for a minute because I got yes! pee. <laughs> Ladies, if you left a comment on last week's Wolf Den Podcast over on the YouTube channel, Wolf Den Podcast, this is part of the show. We will finally answer you. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen watching us at home, please start leaving your questions and comments so we will get to them when we are done with everybody else. Uh, last week we had the wonderful Jackson, a.k.a. Scootish, on the podcast. And he was great. Mm -hmm. um, good guy. Good guy. Last week, uh, where am I? Wolfden info. Gorgat on last week's Wolfden Live on the YouTube comments. Bluetooth was designed by a Scandinavian team of engineers that named their creation after the Viking warlord Harald. Her Her <laughs> I can't read. Bluetooth. The Nordic runes that abbreviate his name are combined to make the Bluetooth symbol. I, I never knew of that. I've heard of this. I've heard that story before. And then what? That it was adopted by uh, 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 Ericsson? The company? Yes. Yes. Well, Whoever like controls the Bluetooth like standard, the Bluetooth consortium or whatever it's called, um, that's where they got the name of it from and the symbol. Uh, I remember it was, it was developed. Well, it was, I guess these guys developed it and then Ericsson somehow got involved or bought it or, or bought them or right. something. And then Sony bought Ericsson or merged with Ericsson. And then they uh, unmerged from Ericsson. <laughs> Bluetooth is a, Bluetooth is managed by the Bluetooth special interest group which has more than 35,000 member companies in areas of telecommunication, computing, networking, and consumer electronics. So Bluetooth is its own thing that mm -hmm. other companies like partner with in order to implement to their devices. Kind of like HDMI is its own thing right. that other companies partner with. Uh, Dizzy Delta 27 guy with PlayStation shirt equals bad get no I'm not reading this <laughs> fuck you uh, how about this dude uh, don't watch the fucking podcast if you don't if you yeah. don't like it or if you if you see somebody you don't you don't vibe with 
Don't watch it. We're not a service. We don't cater to yeah. you. I do this podcast because I like hanging out with people. Yeah. And this is free entertainment. Yeah. Fuck off. Make fun of me or Will. Don't make fun of all yeah. guests. I want to have guests. I'm going to have guests. Fuck you. I'm mad at a lot of the YouTube comments. <laughs> Twitch was great. Twitch people, very, very receptive to, to, to our podcast yeah. last week. YouTube comments, fuck most of you. Uh, only, you know, some of you were all right. Uh, Razzle jazzled. Most people get triggered at the way Bob pronounces Mario. Me gets triggered at the way Bob pronounces Oregon. <laughs> How did you pronounce it? How do you, Oregon. That's probably wrong. Yeah. How do you pronounce Oregon? I don't know. It's not like one of those places where like there's a million ways of uh, pronouncing it. Oregon, yeah. Oregon. Unless you do, unless you like shorten it, Oregon. Does uh, let's oh, we'll see what Wikipedia has to say. Will Oregon, Oregon, Oreg, Oregon. That's Oregon. not even. That's not even a right. Portland, Oregon, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, you're like you're. Tr- oh, you're the gone. The gone is my problem. You're truncating. You know, it's like you're truncating it. You're not pronouncing it like every syllable. No. I'm pronouncing it phonetically. Oregon. <laughs> They're saying Oregon is the way to say it. Yeah. Which is... Oregon. Which is just wrong. <laughs> well, it's not as bad as, like, <laughs> New Orleans. Mm-hmm. There's New Orleans. Then there's New Orleans. Right. And then if you're from there, it's Nolens. <laughs> or Long Island. Long Island. There's only one way to pronounce Long Island, and it's Long Island. <laughs> Normal people would say Long Island, but it's Long Island. Also, yeah. there's a lot of uh, uh, towns in Long Island that are uh, like uh, Native American names. Yeah. So it's it's if you're not from here, you're not going to get it right. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Don't even bother. Um. I'm still going to say Oregon because it just looks like it's pronounced Oregon. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's just, uh, you know what? It's on the complete opposite end of the country. I don't got to worry about it. Yeah. Um, where else are we at here? Uh, uh, Blue Fox Girl. Everyone is, everyone. Is it blue or purple? We're talking about the Switch color that they announced yeah, last yeah. week. We will never know. It's like the dress, Bob, and the rational part of... Oh, it's like... We'll never know. It's like the dress, Bob, and the rational part of my brain. Indigo is literally right there, everyone. The rest of my brain, it's blurple. Blue plus purple. (laughs) Great stream, by the way. Listen to it on my walk. Scootish was a great guest. Thanks, Blue Fox Thank you. I like the cut of your jib. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be real with you when, when I saw that color uh i my brain couldn't comprehend what color it was and it's because it was was very weird it's because i forgot me and most of the people on the internet forgot that indigo exists most people forget that indigo exists you only indigo only ever comes up when you're talking about the rainbow yeah and it's often forgot about on there yeah because it looks like purple yeah anyway although apparently did you see apple's getting involved because now they they just announced a purple iphone (laughs) Oh no! Is it indigo or is it purple? They're saying it's purple. Oh no! Now I gotta look at this. That that was part of the the, the Apple event today. I'm mad Did about you... that also because there's no freaking <laughs> new. Uh, I wanted a MacBook, dude. I've been waiting for this MacBook. I know. Well, 
are you so you're waiting for the next gen macbook pro with the m1 chip? i want an m1 macbook pro yes but but the, right but uh, like a the one that's one. out right now it doesn't isn't cutting it for you no it's too it's too small i want to i want to i want a the 16 up. inch i want a powerful right. one because i want right. it to replace i want it to be a desktop replacement right i got you uh I'm picking this, up what you're throwing down this is a dusty purple <laughs> this is a this is a pastel purple yeah uh, and yeah, they have colored iMacs that look pretty cool. Yeah. I think the max RAM you can get is eight gigabytes. For an iMac? Yeah, but they say that you don't need that much memory on an M1. Uh, which I is don't... probably true, but eight gigabytes on an iMac seems low. They no, are they I... are pretty cheap though. Sixteen or seventeen hundred, I think. Yeah, not that's bad. not bad. For a five K you know, or four point five K I think they are few specs i refuse to believe that it maxes out at eight i'm going by what e said he sent me that i think it's only 512 uh, gigabytes of hard drive space which is also pretty bad yeah buy a surface bob no i don't like windows it's a preference thing it's not like i it's 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 just a preference thing oh yeah i think you might be wow i don't know if i like that I gotta see, like I don't. I mean, you got. I gotta see how like renders are gonna happen on like Premiere and stuff. Yeah, it seems like a problem. Anyway, is that it? No. no we Ryan Blair said, "I loved the, I loved and respected your content for a while now, but upon hearing you turn down Raycons as a sponsor, my respect for you has increased by an incredible amount." <laughs> Bravo, sir. I was ready to fight again. I was ready to. I was ready to freaking throw down. Is Raycon that bad? I've never used them. I don't. I, I've, I've only turned I, them down because I know I would. I, I'm only wired, and I would much rather have AirPods. <laughs> if I, I am, mean, from to what go I wired. understand, they they're not bad wireless earbuds, but you know nobody's going to re replace their AirPods or their whatever's for Raycons. I freaking have an iPhone. I'm not. I'm not going to use anything but AirPods if I ever want to go wireless. Yeah. It's just it's not going to happen. Um, that being said, I rock wired all day. Much rather have it. It's so much easier with wired. Even controllers. I like wired controllers more. Um, anyway, we're in the chat real quick. Yes. It is late. I am not going to be streaming those demos like I said. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh... Metascension, since you mentioned VR earlier, you should check out Oculus Airlink. Uh, it's an official driver feature for streaming PC VR games on your Quest. Yes, I definitely oh, want to do that. That's that's new, right? Yes, I think it's yeah. very recent. I want to do that for Half-Life Alex. The problem is I have no space on this PC. Yeah. And uh, if I were to get an M1 MacBook, I would have a lot more space on this PC. It would be just a PC, not a Hackintosh, if I had yeah. an M1 MacBook. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And I don't want to buy uh, a, a, what is it, sixth hard drive? Yeah. I got too many hard drives on this computer. Yeah. Uh, Razzle Jazz, on my one visit to NYC from 15 years ago, I heard one guy pronounce Oregon as Aragorn. Oh, that is very wrong. Yeah. I'm aware that I pronounce things wrong. I'm too old yeah. to be we are, taught different. We're by. not educated <laughs> the new york school system is flawed yeah uh 
Mint T says, are you a weeb because of Nintendo or other stuff? Asking as a relatively new follower. I feel like this, I, I feel bad for new followers because I, when I call things weeb shit, it looks like I just hate Japanese stuff. Yeah. It's very, like, I feel like I say, I feel like I'm, tr I trash Japanese stuff more than I talk about how much I appreciate Japanese stuff. <laughs> um, it's mostly Nintendo stuff that I like. Um, that's Japanese. I like some anime. Um, other Japanese developed games. Um, yeah. mostly retro stuff. Um, I'm currently in the process of trying to learn Japanese. Uh, it's not going well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like, I, I'm, I, I, I'm a weep. Japanese art, Japanese music. I like J-pop. Uh, I don't like JRPGs though. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm a weird weeb. Yeah. Uh, uh Bix says, I said this on a previous stream, but I watched your video of playing Rainbow Six Vegas together, and you guys should do that again for all time's sake. That that was an ancient stream. That, that was, was an ancient one. That was yeah. a very one of the very first uh videos. Yeah. Uh we tried to play that because I loved Rainbow Six Vegas, and then yeah, we learned yeah. that it didn't have split screen. No, no, no. We wanted to play it because uh we found out payday didn't have split screen. We played uh, we played Vegas because Tom Clancy had died. So we were doing it for Tom. Uh, for Tom. Yeah. Of course. How could I forget? Great last ninja speed run. Are you saying I did a great one, Chris BX? Or are you <laughs> saying you think it's a good one? Because it is pretty good. I haven't checked what the times are yet. Uh we have two weeks to do this latest ninja speed run. Uh, uh yeah, I got on I got I think exactly a minute or a no, I got almost exactly 59 seconds, uh, but I'd imagine they got very short by now. GCXC Luke says, enjoy the L8. Add a little bourbon for a real treat. Elijah Craig, if you can find it, he is a founder of Georgetown College. <laughs> I have Woodford Reserve in the house. So I will I will give that a try. I have bullet. So maybe I don't I, I don't drink that much, but that's yeah. a big Mabes. I I know that uh, Mountain Dew, like like the what is it Mountain Dew Throwback? That was pretty good with a uh, yeah with whiskey because it was originally made to be with whiskey. Yeah. Um. Uh, what did I see? Edward Bova, what do you guys think of Nintendo filing a lawsuit against hacker Gary Bowser? Did you see that? Uh, I forgot what this was. Uh, basically, there's a hacker called Gary Bowser. He developed something for like switches, like to hack them, and Nintendo is suing his pants off. Oh, because of course they are. They take that shit way too seriously. This is why I'm concerned for people who do you know like fan games like i yeah. love fan games but uh i i i fear for the well-being of these people um chris bx said uh he's a he's a like a bartender he said uh what was it elijah craig i think was the first to use charred oak to age the whiskey oh 
And then Eric, who is a whiskey guy, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked is amazing. I think I just have your basic bitch, Woodford Reserve. I like whiskey, but I think that they all taste the same, and I also don't drink that much, so I'm I'm very <laughs> I'm very out of whiskey. Uh, slopes. 05 with 100 bits. Bob says F0 is hard to bring back. Then says make a burnout style F0. LOL. See, that was easy game developer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to tell a game developer, look at how easy this is. (laughs) Make the game, you know. Um, That's just what I want. Will it sell well? Uh, Who cares? (laughs) Yeah. All right. I think right. I think we had enough. Yeah. Uh Mega Dragon said I legit just learned from the Apple Direct that Apple invented podcasts. Uh they invented the term, yes. <laughs> I don't think they did. I think podcasts came of something else and then they just co-opted it. No, because it iPod podcast. Right. That's where it derived from. But podcasts oh. weren't originally available on the iTunes store. You're you're saying that it was somebody else called it a podcast, and Apple somebody was else just called like, it sure. a podcast, and then eventually, yeah, Apple co-opted co-opted it. Yeah, uh, proud prince with the ten months. My birthday is in two hours. Have a good day, y'all. You'll have a good day tomorrow. Yeah, thank you for the ten months, proud prince. I appreciate you. Have a happy and healthy. The term podcasting was first suggested by The Guardian columnist and BBC journalist Ben Hammersley, who invented it in early uh, 2004 while writing an article for The Guardian newspaper. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I don't think it was added to Apple until after, well after that. I hope he gets... Uh, yeah, 2005. I hope he gets some money for that. Yeah. <laughs> Mecha Dragon, thanks for the 40 bits. Here's some more bits, Bob, to make you feel better. Thank you, Mecha Dragon. Thank you. All right. We're out of here. Thank you all for hanging out. Yes. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for chatting with us. As always, the Wolf Den podcast is available every single Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on twitch.tv slash Wolf Den. If you can't make the show for any reason at all, we always put an archive version of it up over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Wolf Den podcast, so you can watch it on demand whenever you want. If you prefer to listen to us rather than watch us, you can do that as well. We're also an audio podcast on anchor.fm and your preferred podcast service of choice, like the Apple podcast store, no matter where you listen to us or watch us though, please be sure to subscribe, rate and review us because that helps us with placement on those respective stores. The next time Apple does a big event and they talk about the podcast uh, on their store, I want the Wolf Den podcast logo to be one of the tiny little pictures they show on screen for half a second because we weren't in this week's uh, Apple event. And that really pissed me off, guys. This is why I say this at the end of every episode, because I want us to be on the same level as fucking Mark Marin. So get your ass in gear. Subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Rate and review us because that really does help us with placement. That that was very. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta be. Come on, you gotta get us uh, at least in the top hundred of gaming. You know, yeah. Come on, dude. How Seriously. hard could that be? Uh, look at G- Ginny's uh, uh, friggin' uh, thumbnail. They always take like the worst Twitch. Always just it's randomly generated thumbnails. They always take the worst thumbnails. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
anyway um i'm not going to explain it to you podcast listeners um go over to hey jay he is playing monster hunter he we got to have him on the podcast he's a friend of the show he used to do uh nintendo enthusiast i don't know if he's still with enthusiast mm. gaming um great dude uh, it looks like his twitch is blowing up so go over there and say hi and maybe stay for some monster hunter rise but the least you could do is go into his chat and just say hello Thank you very much for being here. I will probably, I'm going to try really hard to stream tomorrow. I'm not going to be here till Sunday to stream again. So I want to try to stream tomorrow. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Say hi to Jake.